11 o'clock comics episode 112 <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm out that's the contribution there you go yeah, you're going to have to put out, so you can walk on it. You can buy the drive through Nice. Yeah. What a day. Yeah? Yeah, for, I mean, up with Comic Book Wednesday, down with the rest of the day. Oh, that's just, just, just crap at work, crap after work. Too much balls and jazz control. No, actually, it's bullshit. That's what uh, it is about. Just almost clerical. As, as close to clerical as the other kind of people. Yeah, that's stupid. That's the visual comics guy. No, I was... Pricing and all that. I saw that coming. Yeah. You, yeah? Oh, you're talking about the, um, the, decide, the decision the to... Iron Man short. Uh, yeah, I was going to... I didn't... I wasn't on the Twitter much today because it seemed like Twitter was down for most of the day. But um, yeah, it was. But I, I did find that rather interesting, actually. Um, well, we can go into it. I don't know further what to make of that. Yeah, yeah. When we uh, fire up this bad boy, let's let's fire it up. Let's do it. Word. Hey, everybody! Yeah, word. This is Eleven O'clock Comics, and I am Vince B. How you doing, buddies? What's up, yo? What's, What's up? up? I am. Uh, oh well, this would have been where someone normally. Says right. their name, but I'm David Price. God bless yes, you. Yes, indeed, you are. And I, of course, from the far flung future, am none other than Yandu Udanta. <laughs> <laughs> and your red fin. I love Yandu. He's so stylish. He's he is. With, and and his colors match perfectly. The and the red and the blue. He's a proud American. Yeah. When I get it on, my fin makes noise. <laughs> it would flap. be an excellent to see a Yandu Savage Dragon crossover. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing my I Hate Badoon t-shirt right now. <laughs> Ooh la la Badoon. You are not Yandu. No, you're not. You are Jason Wood. Yes, it is. Jason Wood. And uh, as you can tell, the other guy's missing. He's not here. M-I-A. Yeah, missing he in is, action. Uh, he's wearing his other other fan hat tonight of being a sports fan and uh, rooting right. for his Blackhawks. So. And he's not here, though. He's not. <laughs> he's not here. Don't matter if he was digging a ditch, saving a baby from a burning building. <laughs> he's baby. not here. Saving he's a on baby. the third coast somewhere. That's right. That's right. Doing something. And as usual, this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you will get root-worthy discounts on all your favorite comic books and collectibles, thirty-five to sometimes seventy. Five percent off selected items. Marvel and DC, Image and Dark Horse are usually forty percent off across the board. That is awesome. You're not going to find those kind of discounts at the LCS, and if you do, that's good for you. But you're probably not going to anyway. So head on over to DCBService.com. Check them out. They have an awesome array of Steve Ditko books. They have a great selection of picture box material. And if you are a picture box fan, you know that they do not. Under any circumstances, discount their stuff on their home site. But if you're a DCBS customer, you'll get stuff 30, 
35% off. That's awesome. And if you're a first-time DCBS customer, enter the code EOC8 in the slot, and you will get another 8% off your already huge discounts. It's great. You're, you're not going to be able to beat it. They also will send you free comic book day offerings, five of them. So you don't have to go through the crowds and the heat and the, the rabid animals. You'll get five free comic book day books right in your box of your choice. Amazing. Are you going to add this every week? No, I'm not. I would, I'm just okay. trying to figure out something to say. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so there you go. Discount comic book service. They're awesome mm -hmm. people. Sweet. Here we are. So how you guys doing? I'm I'm doing much, pretty good. Much better now. Yes, because right. I'm with my buds. Right. I make yeah, the best sir. of it. I mean, it's be oh well, we didn't get into the drink roll call. I was gonna do. Well, I think you should do it. CBS, but okay, I am uh, going to hear from Wood first. What are you uh, Well, th there you go. Um, uh, in honor of the of the first coast, as opposed to the third coast, the best um, coast. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the real time. Really, yeah, the only real coast. Uh, I am drinking a Long Island iced tea. Oh, I heard those are nasty in quantity. Well, they can really very, kick your ass. They are alcohol laden. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, I made a made a picture up. Uh, nice. Uh, you drew a picture. For, uh, <laughs> huh? Say who? <laughs> you drew a picture. I drew a picture. <laughs> crayons, crayons, yeah. and inks. Uh, no, but uh, I made up a picture yesterday, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm having a little something, something of that tonight. Uh, it packs a punch, though, so I'll probably transition over to some to some biznichis, uh after this glass is done. But oh no, don't do that because I want midway through the show, I want you to be woo, my you know, <laughs> all over the place <laughs> and hanging. <laughs> That'd be uh, great. Uh, can I go next? Absolutely. Good. Well, you're drinking in, Pepe Max, right? No, oh no! In honor of this momentous occasion. Put on your big boy pants. Yes, I actually felt like beer today. Nice. Yeah, I, I went out and got myself a nice, oops, I just spilled it. Oh, Jesus, it's not oh, on the books. No, 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 it's not open. I got a nice, I'm going to check the ounce here. This looks like a one pint, six fluid ounce Guinness. Can't go Ooh. wrong with the Guinness. It's in a brown bag, so I'm styling. I got a stone smoked porter. Wow! Look at you. Yeah, oh not God. not the kind of smoked porter of. you'll see in the the Doc Savage comic, but the smoked <laughs> porter stone. It's very tasty. Full of surprises. Yep, mm -hmm. North County, San Diego, five point nine percent alcohol per volume. It's delicious. Oh, I'm proud of you. Big really? pants. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. <sighs> David, what are you drinking, buddy? I am. That's a custom brown bag, by the way. Is it? Brown yeah, custom crumpled. <laughs> Makes it look good. Uh, I am drinking some Tullamore Dew, the legendary Irish whiskey triple distilled with some uh, ginger ale. Damn, we are all representing tonight. I Not love a it. grape to be found. David, I am impressed. Impressed. Oh, my wow. God. Well, you impress me every week. This is just extra impressive. It's like, hey, you're not drinking a cheapo little liquor shit with your wine. You managed to have it slay No, anybody, far be it from me to talk about alcohol. I mean, or your choices for alcohol, because I am not the drinker. So whatever you drink is fine by me, but I'm just saying, you're, you're, you're stepping it up. You're jacking up your game. You're Love like it. Doug Manke. You're jacking it. I was going to do the... Uh, the the, yeah. the vodka and acai juice again tonight, but when we were done, I don't know if it was because a good time was had by all or if it was the vodka because I'm not a huge 
vodka drink. I had a little bit of a headache before I went to bed. I woke up fine. Yeah. But my head hurt a little bit. So I didn't want to go with the vodka again this week. And I don't have any wine that's chilled. So mm-hmm. I figured I'll just throw some ice cubes in with the ginger ale and the the little bit of ginger ale and a lot of Irish whiskey in. And uh, we'll see where it That's excellent. Cool. Yeah. I, I before we get into this, I have a little bit of an idea for uh, oh. m- midway into the show. Okay. Random, oh. random pile searches. Now you find the closest comic book pile to your where you're sitting right now. Grab okay. a bunch of stuff off it, and we'll just riff. We'll just we don't have to have read it. Uh, you could have read it. That that's, that's a plus. Nice. But I mean, you could just say, "Well, look at this. It's you know, Blue Boy number three, and just say, "Well, this, you know, just get into it. Go, it's just random. Just bang, 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 looking at comics. I think that'd be pretty cool because you never know what you're I gonna like pull. It. You're right. Uh, uh, you can can I make. cheat a little and and when it's time to do that, run into the my comic room right next door and grab a pile randomly? Cause you can do I'm whatever happy. you want. You're, you're the All right. rude. All right, word. So, yeah, we'll save that for midway through. Nice. It was, like it was a, it we'll was save a when piss- we get to the dead spot and we're looking for something. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we don't have the motivation. That's right. Yeah. we got nothing to talk about. It's, it's, it's almost downbeat, you know. But Are, are people ready for a 100% Marvel episode this week? I'm sure that's what they're all thinking right now. <laughs> Oddly enough, I read a lot this weekend. None of it is Marvel. None of it. Huh. I, I read some Marvel. I read something that was self-published, which was going to segue from my DCBS. But if we do want to talk about DC, I we didn't get to talk about it last week. And if we want to wait till later, but I'd love to hear Wood's thoughts on the Wednesday Comics Oversized Hardcover. Okay, would you? All right, great. You um, got okay. that, David? And, and, no, <laughs> no, Vince, I do not have that. And uh, I also uh, tweeted something earlier in the week, uh, hinting at something I was going to talk about on the show tonight, um, which also is not Marvel. But uh, I'll save that what it is until we get to that part. So who's going to go first? What should we what do first? What, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's get David on the mic. Uh, well, way to start. speaking of DCBS. This uh, is the segue. Latent in, segue. In, in my box. <laughs> Last I love your box. Where's she at? You should love my box. Moist. Uh, <laughs> it's um, like it's Rambo three point five. Oh, excellent! Yes, this thing was awesome beyond belief. I was so bummed when I got to the end. Not, well, I mean, because the book was over, but because of um, because it it was it. <laughs> He's, I don't, should I speechless? Oh uh, no, yeah, you got to spoil it, should, I, huh? You got to spoil it because now we've all read it. It was was a dream. I was so pumped. I was like, I was really hoping that this this really would have happened. But uh, But no, let's let's make it clear. Okay, it it opens with the destruction of the trade uh, towers, the World Trade Center, and then we we flash to W in the schoolroom reading to the kids, and uh, he's sequestered away on Air Force One and takes a well deserved nap. Right. Because, you know, the shit hits the fan and, and he's got to be there. And uh, Rambo surveys Ground Zero. And our president, then president uh, actually, okay. uh, secures Rambo to help him go and destroy the terrorists. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's all about. But at the end we find out, because it's so juvenile and it's all about the biggest guns and there's a lot of dick jokes and booby humor and you know, potty humor. Take off your shirt. Yeah, uh, we find out at the end that it's nothing more than one of GW's wet dreams. Right. And, and it makes perfect sense because he encounters the actual um, Stallone in the last couple pages. And, then, yeah, and he has no idea what he was talking about. 
Uh, I, I'm gonna go. <laughs> right now, you know the the thing that impressed me about this the most. Uh, be it's a mini comic, so it's not all that long, but no. it it takes a while to read because and not only is it jammed with content, but it's there's a diversity of of uh, illustration styles in this thing. Yes, there is. So uh, not only do you, can you riff on the great story and the wonderful jokes, but the art. Every page is like a different. Well, not almost every, every, page, every panel. Right. I mean, it, it's it really. I mean, you you there's. The six-panel page where uh, <laughs> they're in the elevator and size doesn't matter and ha ha ha. It's, uh-huh. like, it's like GW was drawn and so is Rambo. It's like everybody. The six panels, each one looks different <laughs> in 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 every panel that they're in, and it's it's just. But it it's not like it's not like Hollywood um, Hollywood Shuffle where 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 in the in the restaurant movie. they 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 cut from the woman and it's like some black dude stunt man with a mustache doing yeah exactly it i mean it's you can still tell who people are but yeah i mean mm-hmm. there's there are images of of gw that where where it looks fantastic and energies these thin line scratches you can still see that it's that it's bush but it's just it's it's awesome the the it's the buddhist symbol for peace it this is a fantastic <laughs> I'm a Buddhist. I should get that as a tattoo. <laughs> did did you? I don't know. Did you pick up on the? Tell me if I'm reading anything, anything into this. Fritzy, when he when he's describing the gun, this huge honking gun with rocket launchers and nine millimeter, forty five millimeter, fifty millimeter gas operated semi uh, automatic, forty four magnum revolver. It's got a crossbow on it. Uh, heat vision, surface to air, laser beams, microwave, sonic amplifiers. It's a huge gun. Yep. Did you get a, uh, who was that, uh, on the cartoon with the 3D bulletin board, the Professor Phineas or whatever? Remember that? The, the, the Chumley, the kid and the, the dog and, and, the, dog the, and the boy. Was, was oh, yeah. What was that guy's name? The, I'm sure somebody has to know. The, I, the, I don't know. The 3DBB. That's what that reminded me of. This huge uh, gun. So he, he, Fritzy, this uh, I, I'm guessing a, a Nazi a refugee bit, working yeah. for the the United States government yeah. in the bowels of the Pentagon, gives GW this huge gun. And Rambo's only suggestion is you should add a bayonet. <laughs> I love him. Lives are rad. Cut stuff. Cheese, goat cheese, <laughs> nacho, feta, and then they say they do a high five and they say American. <laughs> I love the Pe- page where they have action figures. <laughs> Of each other. It's the, he didn't, exactly. he didn't draw it. He just, exactly. he just posted the GW in that Air Force outfit and, oh my God, it is. It, the, the, the enthusiasm, I'm, 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 the perceived enthusiasm that Rug had while he was doing this thing, it, it, you can feel it. It just seems like he was having such a great time that it kind of spills over to the reader. It, it's just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, no question about it. The thing is, too, about it is that, <clears throat> It, uh, you know, it just seems like he he is really um, not afraid to let his you know pop culture influences just really uh, fly. You know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. he and, and and this is just another example of it, right? Because I mean, uh, Street Angel and and uh, uh, and Aphrodisiac borrow a lot from pop culture, and particularly uh, you know when he was he and I guess were kids. But but this, I mean, to me was you know something like totally different because I mean you know it's uh it's it's for as funny as it is, it's pretty politically charged, right? I mean, so if oh, yeah. you don't you know if you're not you know if you're uh 
a, a, a conservative or someone who doesn't have a sense of humor and a conservative, you're probably you know not going to enjoy this book too much or not really mm. find it amusing. But uh, <laughs> but I thought it was terrific, man. I thought it was fucking yeah. great. And and you were you were speaking uh, fearlessness. There's also a fearlessness in execution too, because yeah, yeah, yeah. not all the pages are inked. Some of, he just went straight with pencils on some of them, with maybe a little bit of dot screen here and there. They and the pencils under the inks. Uh, yeah, other pages are um, finely rendered where all the caricatures of the people involved actually look like them. Then you have some pages where he just threw it down. And uh, it's very cartoony where Rambo has almost Homer Simpson eyes in, in some yeah. panels. And it doesn't matter it, that because he's confident in, in his um, abilities. And you can tell. It's, the last couple pages are the full inks and uh, dot screens. And then it shifts you know, before that to just straight pencils and then inks. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah. there's a, a double-page spread of just guns. That he actually drew on graph paper, right, right, and yeah. he and he let the the it's lines of the graph paper uh, come through. It's awesome. It's just I want a sandwich, Jen Jameson, with you. It's <laughs> it it's immediate, and it's it's uh, a comic of the moment, and I love it. I I I can read this thing a million times. I never get tired of it. Yeah, it's it, awesome. It it because of of the uh, the opening and and closing pages, the, the different art styles throughout the middle of the book with with Bush and and with Rambo. It makes sense that it would all look different if this is all his dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, there's, there's, I sp- and the page where he's where, where he's screaming, "I'm the decider." I mean, it, it's like a fully, it's a full realized panel that that could have been taken out of a of a 1960s DC War comic. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing, yeah. There's 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 nothing not to enjoy from this. It, it's it's hysterical. The last page is yeah. awesome with Aquaman. I got a Liechtenstein vibe from that page. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know what it's too. I mean, I think it, I think his rogue's career evolves, and I haven't. Uh, have any of you guys picked up the uh, the guild that he's been doing? You know, no. he's been doing. I haven't picked it up either, but uh, I know that's what he's been working on lately. But uh, you touched on it. To me, now having read all of his all of his stuff aside from the guild, um, he really is comfortable uh, with with with. Uh, in fact, it's it's almost becoming a signature of his work of using lots of different um, you know styles and approaches in the same book. You know, because uh, each book he's used quite. I mean, he's you know he's used Fametti in this one. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty yep. it's impressive. <laughs> I'm on the page where Rambo is gritting his teeth. And this is the first time I had sex. I accidentally put my penis in the girl's <laughs> anus. And, and G- GW says he's laughing, but he's the the facial expression is is one of surprise. And and then Bush says, "How old was the girl?" And Rambo just says, "Ha ha ha, ding!" And he he doesn't have a, a there's not a trace of expression on his face. It's exactly, just stone yeah, yeah. cold. <laughs> just, I, I love I heart Roy's me too, but my ball shrunk. He's well, that's normal. Side effect. It's okay though. It makes your dick look big. You can shave your pubes too. Porn star baby. And then I, it's it's even more. I read it and in my head, I, I kind of read it just straightforward. But I'm going to reread it with Bush's voice and 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 Stallone is Rambo in their lines and 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 i know it's just going to be that oh that yeah, that's I, how I, I read it me too yeah, i was doing that, that i was trying to i was trying to do stallone i can't do a great stallone but i was, I was head, viewing I was it though like it. like saturday night live parody bush not yeah you know. yeah like john stewart <laughs> i would do that yeah yeah exactly but yeah uh you and that's you know the, the the average 
person who has a steady diet of, of say, mainstream stuff would look at this and say, well, hey, how come all the panels aren't inked? And, and how yeah. come Rambo looks like this on this page? And then you, you turn it and it looks like that. I don't understand that. I'm just not getting this. Not that they all would say that, but, sure, but there, there, there are a number of people who would look at that. That's why he's just, I like to use the word because to me, that's what it is. Fearless. Extremely yeah. confident in his, and I'm, and it, just infuses me with enthusiasm that somebody would just throw down like this and I get it. We get it. That 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 to me is very cool. Totally. I love it. And so I'm going to call this the last word on Rambo 3.5 because we have talked about this for three weeks in little yeah. chunks, three weeks straight. So that was our last word on Rambo 3.5. Nice. So, Jim, let's kick something else out so we have something to talk about. Well, the guild, <laughs> we can read the guild when it comes out in trades. That's, we have yes. issues. Yeah. Nice. Nice. The, the Rambo. Excellent. I have something. Of course, it, you always it's, do. It, it, it's a bit. It's a bit difficult. Oh. oh. And 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 a lot of it. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll just get into it. It's Dan Klaus's yeah. Wilson. Ah yes, yeah yeah. I just, oh, yeah, yeah I, sure. I keep I keep hovering over the buy button when I see it. I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. It's from Drawn and Quarterly, of course. Eighty-page, oversized hardcover for twenty-one ninety-five, mm-hmm. and it is worth every penny. Okay. I th- I think it's a testament to the ability of the creator that he can craft a story about a protagonist that is wholly unlikable, reprehensible, detestable. I I won't mince words. I don't dislike Wilson. I hate him, mm. and yet. It was a very enjoyable read. So how is that done? How how can somebody be that skilled to pull you into a story when the main character is a scumbag? And yet it's it's not a it's not a, a caring for the character. It's it's not a it's almost to the point where I actually don't care what happens to him because I have no feelings for the for the guy other than revulsion. So, so how does he manage, or how did he manage, to pull me in? And and uh, while I was reading this book, I kept second guessing myself. Why am am I so engrossed in this? What is it about this nebbish, this this borderline uh, narcissist? Well, not not borderline. He's a narcissist. And 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 in the if I knew him in the real world, I would shun him like a steaming pile of hot dog poop. And yet. I, I I just devoured this book, which you know says to me Dan Klaus has it going on, and uh, he manages to flesh out uh, Wilson through uh, a series of one-page strips uh, in the old style, where there there'll be a a kicker at the end, but in Wilson's case, it's not a comedy kicker. It, more often than not, it's a cutting remark. Or a little bit of vitriol from the character directed to someone else. So, so it's not like a wah, wah moment at the end or, you know, the little cloud with the shoes. You can see the soles of the feet going off the side of the page. It's, it's not a pratfall, but it's done in that, that style where six to seven or eight panels and then you have the punch at the end, but it's not, it's not humor. And each page is individually titled. And to make it even more interesting, each page is done in a different graphic style. The, the, the first page is done in a semi-realistic style, the, the kind we've been accustomed to from Dan Klaus if you've read 8-Ball. Then you go to the next page and it's cartoony 
kind of like Charles Schultz in Peanuts. Then you'll get a page that's dark and moody with a lot of, of shadows, uh, very much akin to Charles Burns. Uh, then you'll get a page that only uses one color to highlight the darks. And, and it's, it's semi-cartoony, uh, and then, and so on and so forth. And it just keeps the, the, uh, style of illustration keeps shifting by the page. It's very neat. It's a really cool presentation. But, uh, Klaus created this in, uh, a manner where we're almost like an observer into, uh, Wilson's life. It's, it, there's no text boxes. It's just Wilson speaking. And a lot of the times he's talking and there's no one else in the panel with him. So who is he talking to? And, and that's the, the, the whole gist of the character. Wilson doesn't talk. He monologues. It's, it's very important. He doesn't speak to people. He, he, he directs his ideas and his opinions to the world. He's always center stage, up front, always on point. Like 90% of the Twitter users, he's chronically self, self obsessed. <laughs> he's he's narcissistic, self-indulgent. Uh, that that thing rotating in the center of Wilson's universe is Wilson. Everything exists for his entertainment. Uh, people are are his playthings. Everything he has to say, his ideas, his opinions matter. Those of everyone else cast off. The the there's two very important pages in this book. The very first one, and I'll get to the the other one later. Uh, the very first page is called Fellowship. It's Wilson just standing there, and he exclaims, I love people. I'm a people person. And he's walking his dog. Uh, every, to, uh, every single one of us has a story to tell, and we're all part of the human family. How tragic that we've lost all sense of community with our fellow man. Then a woman comes up to him walking her dog. Hello, sister. How's life treating you? Don't ask. My computer just crashed and I lost all my preferences. And for two more panels, she goes on to tell him the, the, uh, the bad things that have happened and what she had experience with tech support. And on the very last panel, he looks at her. He's like, for the love of Christ, don't you ever shut up? That's Wilson. The, the, actually, there's two Wilsons. There's the person Wilson aspires to be, the, the person that he believes he should be, uh, the one he believes the world wants, and then there's the real Wilson, the character that uh, usurps his desires at every possible turn. He doesn't make an effort, but he solicits opinions and ideas from other people solely to shoot them down. And, and while I'm reading this, I'm wondering, why is this guy like this? What could possibly have happened to this dude that, that would make him so confrontational, just for the sake of confrontation and, and, uh, he refuses to meet the world halfway. Everything exists on Wilson's terms or, or nothing at all. And, and Klaus is really brilliant how he does it. Uh, we learn that Mr. Wilson is, has been divorced for almost two decades. His wife just left him. We also learn that his mother passed away a number of years ago. His father has cancer and they diagnosed it very late. Uh, in in the stages, so he's bedridden, um, and and he dies, and and here's another little insight into Wilson. His father's on his deathbed, and and um, Wilson says to him, "So this is it. We're down to a matter of hours. Come on, old man. I've been waiting 43 years to hear you say something honest and heartfelt and truthful to me." And he keeps going on and going on. He says, "Good or bad, I can take it." And at the very last panel, the guy can't even speak. And Wilson's like, come on, fucker. Like, what can you give me on your deathbed? 
not Jeez. what can I do what can I do for you how can I make your passing easier mm. I never got around to saying this to you no what can you do for me and um, the earlier in the story Wilson doesn't make an effort to call his father he he, he knows uh, that uh, the father's not doing well I keep forget he even keeps forgetting that his father's still alive and, and he said you know what I, I better call him because I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Not not oh, he better Jesus not not that he better Christ. touch base with the old man just because it's his father and he has feelings for him and he wants to know that there's someone out there that loves him. No, I better do this or it's going to bother me for the rest of my life. That right, is the character right. of Wilson. Reprehensible. I really dislike this character, but as the book progresses, we, we learn that Wilson's the wife who left him was pregnant at the time she left, and Wilson has a daughter. Oh. And again, the uh, Wilson's tendency to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, he, he kidnaps his own daughter. What? Uh, yes, he kidnaps his own daughter, <laughs> which, which eventually lands him in prison. And while he's in prison, his dog dies, and he has to integrate with, with, with the rest of the world post. I think he was in prison for like seven years, and everything's changed after he comes out. Th there is a glimmer, a, a little hint that, that Wilson is learning from his, his mistakes. And, and this is the, the second page I, I wanted to read to you, because it's, it's very important in terms of, of the whole story. It's something that his parents did when he was uh, a child and Wilson never never saw the value in it uh, mom and dad used to sit for hours staring out at the lake when I was a kid and it's Wilson by himself just sitting on a little dock like structure peering out into the water and he's uh, I didn't really get what they were looking at but it seemed to give them some kind of spiritual replenishment and a few panels later, or maybe it's more complicated than that. Maybe it's something about the chemical makeup of water or the connectedness of all things. I feel like if I sit here long enough, it will come to me. I feel like I'm on the verge of a profound personal breakthrough. And then there's a completely silent panel of Wilson just sitting in profile, looking at the water. Next panel. Ah, fuck it. This is a snooze fest. And he leaves. He walks away. And all through the book, he stares at raindrops. Um dripping down windows or he'll he'll sit there and stare at icicles dripping water and he he doesn't get it but uh and this is a spoiler so no screw it i'm not going to spoil it because i want people to read this there you go i won't spoil it so okay um but it, it, it's just it's a fantastic book a character profile of someone not even remotely likable and and the right. key to the entire book is the cover it, uh, I'm going to put okay. the cover up on our forum in the mm -hmm. episode thread for this this uh, 112, and uh, you'll see w if you look at at the at his facial features, look at his eyes, and I mean you can Google the cover right now uh, if you want to. If you look at his eyes, there's fear in Wilson's eyes, and, and on the the title page, again it's Wilson in uh, Oakdale. Uh, Oakdale, California? Yeah. And it's a tight shot of his face at a different period in his life, and he has fear in his eyes again. And, and you know what that's all about? That's Wilson dreading the inevitability of either his words or his deeds fucking up shit for him. Because for him. that that's the thing about the character. He will screw things up given the chance. He'll either say something entirely inappropriate, piss someone off, turn someone away, or kidnap his daughter, land himself in prison, um, you know, not call his father uh, close to his, his dying day. That's Wilson in a nutshell. 
he is born to fail. He doesn't have a job because he doesn't believe in, in, in working. He doesn't make an effort at anything except to belittle and, and uh, berate people around him to make himself feel better. You know, having great, not, go ahead. Sorry. It's a great book, though. It really is. Having not read it. Uh, well, having not read it, it uh, it's just as you're describing it, it uh, I'm thinking of, uh, of, of another uh, relatively unlikable yeah, stereo. exactly what you're going to say. Right? Yeah, but I, yeah. And as he's explaining it, I'm like, this is this and and i hate i hate doing the comparisons like that because uh -huh. it's apples and oranges but yeah difference is the way i'm hearing it is that we may not or i i probably would not be friends with Asterios, but no. he he is smart he can contribute he does contribute he he mm -hmm. may have screwed things up for himself along the way but right. it's not always just about him well, that's what I was going to say, is that it sounds like in this book, in Wilson, um, and I know you don't want to spoil the ending, but it sounds like he doesn't really have a path of redemption, whereas in Asterios, I think throughout much of the book, it also doesn't seem like that's the path Asterios has taken, but then, you know, in many ways, at the end, you know, as the book sort of winds down, he is a little bit more human and redeemed, and, and not yeah. the completely one-dimensional, self-serving character you're you're led to think most of his life has been about. So um, I, I'm really, I have to say this is one of those um, uh, gray areas for me of, 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 or white space. I, I, I have very little practical uh, uh, appreciation for Dan Close. Just, I just don't, I, I, oh, I have, no, I mean, I just he, don't know his work yeah, really that he's well. A, he's I, mean, a I know him by name. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know his reputation. I know that Wilson was a well-anticipated book. I, it seems like I haven't seen, a lot of commentary on on the book. Uh, it seemed like I saw a lot more anticipation for it than reaction to it subsequent. But to be fair, I don't know that I've necessarily looked for it either. So I could just be not seeing. Some folks on the forum have talked about it. I, I believe Jim Nelson, and uh, especially Scott, in the "What Are You Reading" thread. Yeah, Scott okay. Cedarland wrote yes. uh, read it. Did, did a nice review right. on it too. On, yeah, he on did. Pop, he pop matters. But um, nice. he he failed at college. He was going for a degree in philosophy, and he I guess he wanted to open a record store at one time. Never did. Blames both things on his wife of that course. she she never let me do this. When he finds out he has a daughter, he's oh, he's uh, he's sitting on a park bench, and their total stranger comes up to him. Uh, How about you, friend? Kids, two boys, ten and six. And Wilson says, I have a daughter, and goes through this whole litany of how hard it is to raise girls. Because oh you, we, we, we know how boys are, you know, give them a chance and, and they'll go for it. No wonder I'm losing my hair. And the man says, what's her name? And Wilson says, who? And he says, your daughter. <laughs> uh, boy, hell if I know. I just hope it isn't something stupid like Taylor or Madison. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a daughter. I don't know her name, but I hope <laughs> but it's a it conforms. I hope it conforms to my view of what my daughter's name shouldn't be. Like, unbelievable. This guy is, is a toad and disgusting. He's totally disgusting, but it's the, like I said, the graphic novel. And this is Dan Klaus's first graphic novel, original graphic novel. Sorry. All of the other ones, like A Velvet Glove and Ice Haven and David Boring, those were all called from eight ball. This is right. his first sit down. I'm going to do a graphic novel novel. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a, a welcome addition to the Klaus Library. I love it to bits. Cool. And uh, you should investigate it's, uh, it. It's on definitely on my list for uh, New York Comic Con. Hopefully to find it. All in color, very thick paper, and it's hardcover. It, it's just so good. 
So good. Nice. And, and you'll be you'll be one of the cool kids if you read it. Anyway. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. There you go. <laughs> and you didn't spoil it. Wow, I wonder how many people lost money in that pool. Well, <laughs> to, to, to be honest, there's really not a concrete resolution. It, it mm-hmm. like Asterios, it's it's up for interpretation. Right. But I, you know, I could have revealed the details, but I'm not going to. So hey, and I didn't. I, I didn't I get all crackly yet. Is quite happy that uh, you should drink beer I, more often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm sure we'll get the obligatory in the thread. Hey, uh, I see Vince talks about uh, Close's new book. Do you guys know what he's not talking about? Yeah. So I can fast forward. Did you timestamp it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's it's so wonderful. His his nice. his, uh, his graphic uh, shorthand is just magnificent. I I. I Totally am in love with the way Klaus draws in in the in the number of styles he he brings to this project. Amazing, amazing work. Fellas, this is Doug. Just want to say I got the new Wednesday Comics hardcover. Um, I'm a trade waiter, so I've been waiting a while for this collection. Looking through it, it is probably the most beautiful collection of art that I have seen in a long time in one package. Uh, just so pretty and so nicely put together and the paper is perfect. I just feel like I shouldn't even touch the thing. But um anyway, yeah. Um I was having a a Vince B moment just uh looking through that art and getting all happy and stuff. So uh anyway, guys keep up the great work and uh Chris, go Bears, go White Sox, hate the Cubs, Wood, Yankees suck. All right, see you guys later. Bye. You know this uh, this this episode is is uh, unintentionally turning into a little bit of a um, uh, a focus on uh, on on the on the creators uh, it versus it the uh, the actual work, and uh, it's funny that it's turning out that way because you know why? Why? Because I'm dusting off the tried and true creator spotlight, bitches. All right, thank oh you very God. much. We we Just, do have a tendency to lose track of segments. I know, we do. A little bit, a little bit. We do. But for those long-time listeners, they know that theoretically we were going to do a fairly regular feature called Creator Spotlight, where we each uh, highlighted a creator that we were either particularly fond of or maybe isn't in the spotlight today that he once was or she once was, and, and we want to just call attention to some of the young bucks out there that may not know them, or just because, you know, it's someone we haven't really talked about and felt like it was time. So... And again, uh, not to, I mean, I am interrupting you, but we're in it for the long haul. So a recurring segment could be once every 25 episodes because we're in it for the duration. Yeah. You know well, it's about once every 75 episodes, but three but, of uh, us are anyway. So. Oh, geez. Well, it's three to two Blackhawks right now. Uh, so oh, okay, so I'm going to throw to some table. factoids out at you boys because, uh, and we'll see how long it takes for you to, to figure out who I'm talking about. I can okay. get that creator in. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. First of all, it's an American male. Uh, born in Pennsylvania, but spent most of his life, including residing there now in Florida. 60 years old. His first comics work came in the year of my birth, 1974. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Nick Cootie discovered him and gave him his first job. You may know that Nick Cootie is also the guy that gave John Byrne his first job, although I'm not talking about John Byrne. Uh, Joe Stanton. I was thinking no. of Joe Stanton. Uh, this man's first work in 1974 was as a spot illustrator for one of Vince's favorite companies, Charlton. It's not Perez. I was going to say um, Sam Glansman, but he's older than that. He left Charlton a few years later and started working at Marvel, where he spent a good chunk of his most notable period of his career. 
I think the next clue is going to tip you off. It's not Wait, uh, is it Claremont? No, this is a an illustration. I mean, I'm sorry, not Claremont. Uh, Cockrum. No. No, um, because well, his his first Marvel work of 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 any uh, import was uh, in Master of Kung Fu. Oh, it's oh. either Paul Glacey or uh, Dan or Mike Day. Zach. Gene Day. Ding 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 ding. The Dapsters got it. Mike Zek. Mike Zek. Ah. Mike Zek's in Florida now. Yeah, yeah Orlando. <laughs> awesome. Okay, because I, I think it was... <laughs> now, Vince, you said you sighed. Does that mean you're not a Mike Zek fan? Oh, no, I am. Come on. Okay, I was going to say... You got it wrong. That's the thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Too. So, yeah, so for... for I, I assume, because, you know, most of our listeners are like us old folk, they, they, they know Mike Zek really well, but, but uh, it does occur to me that there's probably a good chunk of, you know, readers in the last 10, 15 years that have gotten into the comics world that probably only know that name passively or not at all. Um, and that just astounds me, because... Yeah. You know, he's not a guy that had a career in terms of the length or "quote unquote" import that would make him a household name or a legend. But, but when you think about the things he's most known for, I mean, it was totally like my formative stuff, right? And that's the uh, thing. It, I mean, without without spoiling, I don't want to step on your toes. It, it, he's like he reminds me of Jeff Goldblum, who's like been in like every major yes, Independence yes, Day, good. Jurassic Park, but like smart analogy. But, that's but very here good, he is yeah. who's somebody who's done some some very important work for Marvel and, and some nice covers at DC for yeah. Deathstroke's Terminator. But it's yeah. like, where's his Don't regular s- part? You know what? Right. I, if we're doing instant recognition and you say, Mike Zek, you yep. know what I think of immediately? Katang. No. Oh. I see Wolverine's claws scraping oh, Captain America's shield. Captain, yes. Yep. Sure, okay. On, on that, okay. that uh, Captain America annual cover. Right. Okay. Well, that let's, is a so great cover. I would say his most famous work, or at least uh, in terms of... Um, passing of time is he was the penciler on the Craven's Last Hunt storyline yes. written by James, right. James, James DiMatteis uh, in uh, it's collected now you can people can read it but it's it's actually was was a um, crossover of the three Spider-Man books at the time yes. um, and it was actually right I, before the uh, uh, another one of those guys like Alan Davis that draws very handsome men yes correct yeah. correct um, so, so that's, I think what people probably most remember him from where I, when I think of him, I, I, the, the, the thing I first think of him, uh, again, no surprise to, to people who listen and know one of my favorite is, is he did a huge chunk, uh, of the covers to the Marvel GI Joe, uh, series. Yes, yes. He did not do any interiors of GI Joe, right. um, until actually he did some interiors at Devil's Due, but he never did a Marvel interior for G.I. Joe. But most of the covers, particularly the ones that people may think of um, uh, that are the iconic classic issue covers, were his. Um, and the the really only long run of his of his career was um, over three years in Captain America. Uh, he did the interiors on Captain America for over Death three Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked it out of and, the park, too. Um, What's that? America. He knocked it out of the park too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I I I have all those issues, and I you know as I know Vince, Captain America is not one of Vince's favorite characters, but let's let's be fair. Captain America, especially at that period of time, and that was his run was in the 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 two hundreds into the early three hundreds. If people are wondering issues, you um, need to that put that into not- perspective, though. When 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 I say Captain America is not one of my favorite characters, he he's not up there on the list. But I still read the book for close to three hundred and fifty issues. Right. You know? right, right. So yeah, it's like you're, you're yeah, you're breaking up a bit. But um, okay. But right to to your point though, he he was I mean he was the regular guy for over three years, and and yeah. and those were issues that I 
Uh, that's another one of those series that certainly wasn't a huge commercial success relative to other Marvel books at the time. It's a it's a it's a book that a lot of people snicker at now in retrospect. But for my money, I I loved almost all of it. Like I was looking through Zex this week when I was doing a little notes for this uh, for this spotlight. I was looking at, at his on his personal website, MikeZek.com. He has a lot of his uh, cover illos, and you can he has a lot, as many he as he has creations, that, right? For commissions, he does. Yeah, yeah. But he has a lot of the originals, and he has a lot of the original pencil pages as well. If he has them in his, if he still owns them, he put them on his site. And uh, seeing a lot of those Captain America covers has brought me back. I, I remember those. Co- and again, it was. I can't tell you a lot of what happened inside the book. <laughs> I remember those covers. You know, like those covers really drew you in. And it's funny because. In an interview he gave a few years ago, someone came out and asked him, you know, you were a guy that, let's be honest, for a lot of your career, you were the cover guy that was supposed to sell a book that inside wasn't very good. And, you know, Zach was very political about it, saying, well, I don't know that I'd view it that way. But but there is some truth to that. I mean, for a while, Marvel put him on books, and the covers were iconic, and people would see them. And then the inside interiors were, you know, it's a lot of times not as strong as, as uh, you know, by someone else that, that they could have been. And, um yeah, portfolio uh, so, so, work. They they, they uh, did portfolios of his uh, of his covers. He, and be honest, am I breaking up? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and then the other thing I think probably that people are famous for, and this probably has hurt his 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 legend is uh, he and Rick Leonardi were the 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 uh, the primary artists on Secret Wars, which again a a, a well well remembered nostalgia series. But Rick Leonardi? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember Leonard. I remember Zach, and I remember Bob Layton doing issue number three or four with Hulk under the mountain on the cover. And then it yeah, Leonard like... designed the black and white costume for Spidey. Okay, all right. So he did that, and I know because I know Ron Friends drew it inside the book first. Yeah, and correct. On the yeah. Cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. So so Leonardi is is that's. That's news to me. I'll, I'll oh, I thought that. that. Well, I think that's the case, but Matt could be wrong. I maybe uh, my memory's wrong, but but, the, but but regardless of that, I mean, I, the point is, is he uh, Zek obviously was part of Secret yes. Wars, and yeah. and, uh, and he's even said, you know, that's not he doesn't consider it his best work. It was a lot of uh, there was a lot, it was a very rushed project. Yeah, um, there was one issue where it looked like the the student, the whole bullpen was involved. Exactly. I, I know there were some anchors. It, was, it yeah. may have been the twelfth issue. It may have been issue ten or eleven. But mm-hmm. um, and then and and it was unfortunate because the same thing sort of kind of happened with the Punisher miniseries. They were signed I was just on for say, four right, issues, but then apparently <laughs> the fifth issue is is oh great it's it's yeah. Mike Vosberg art, who I, I enjoyed on G.I. Joe. But, uh. Number five in a four issue miniseries. Yeah. And I think issue yeah. number three said three in a five issue miniseries. There was some it, miscommunication it, it, going on there, yeah. I believe. But, but yeah. can I just, uh, on Zek's cover work? Yeah. I agree with you that he was the draw on a lot of crappy books and he did it with line. He didn't have the benefit of Photoshop and right. and oh, and, yeah. and modern printing techniques and uh, effects filters or paint like like the the guys of today. He did it with just plain line and flat color, yeah. and he still knocked it uh, knocked us for a loop every time. Zach is, and that's I think his strength are the single images. He's a great comic artist, but when yeah. you put him on a cover and occupy this space, he will draw you in every time. I think you're right, Vince, because even though, like I said, even though I, I read a lot of that Captain America run, well, I read all of that, actually, but but um, 
uh, when I think of Zek, and, and, and the, the reason I think his mind or, or his, his work is so emblazoned on my, in my mind are the, the covers. I mean, and, and again, that's a bit of a departure from today where, uh, I mean, I know there are still great cover artists and guys that make their living doing covers. We've talked about some of them like James Jean and Marco Jurjevic and, you know, the, the like. But, but for me, you know, I, again, sounding like a, a, an old man, uh, the way things used to be. But, you know, it, back in the day, covers really did tell the story of what you were about to read in the book. You know, was, that was the way it was done then. More often they, than not, yeah, yeah. Because they didn't have advanced solicits. I mean, they actually got, you know, they knew what the book was about and they drew oh, the cover. How cool, oh, so would, how cool heroes, would it be? You know, two weeks in advance. Yeah. But yeah. Right, how cool right. But, would but, it be so, not to have advanced solicits? No PR on the internet. That would be so great. Well, right, it. but I mean, but and and to that end, that's why I think covers. We always say, oh, covers. That's why they did tell a story they can't really anymore because cover artists have said, hey, you're, you know, do a cover for Punisher in three months. Well, what's the story about? Well, you'll find My out. Lord Speedy yeah. is a junkie. David yeah, and I so. can't seem to shake the Amazing Heroes. Oh, see, that, and I wish if I had known that Wood was going to talk about not not just bring back a creator spotlight, but talk about Zek. There is a Issue of Amazing Heroes, powder blue background, Hulk and a bunch of the other Marvel superheroes jumping at you because inside they interview Zek where they talk about Secret Wars and how he was he was supposed to work on on another project. He was signed on to do something else. They gave him Secret Wars and I guess I think from when they initially approached him or Shooter first came to him, it, it started off as something different than what it became or what we ended up reading. But um he he never really, from what I have read, he never really had a uh, a straight line in, in Marvel where like he was this was this was the plan and he was going to follow this through and this is what he was going to work on. It was always something always came up where he ended up working on something else, which might be why, aside from Captain America, that he hasn't really had any consistent lengthy time on any one time. I mean, yeah, he did some yeah, exactly. fantastic six issue Spider Man issues, but mm-hmm. they were over a couple of months over three different mm-hmm. titles and then it went back to, to business as usual as, as far as the creative teams but yeah. um, I was going to pull an issue of Amazing Heroes for David but I can't find any good ones and he also there's also a, uh, a back issue ones, magazine say. from uh, from a couple of years ago where yep. Zach yep. actually drew Snake Eyes on the cover and, exactly and, and, and yeah. there. so I mean I I, I I love the man's work I, th- I, I know where Vince was saying about how he only worked you know, everything looked great because of what Zek did on the page and he's had some fantastic anchors whether it's John Beatty or, or, or Bob McCloyd but um, I know I mean, the uh, the McLeod. Punisher covers were is it McCloud? I, I, always said yeah, I think it's McCloud yeah okay uh, or if you're David it's McCloyd there you go <laughs> um, but uh, or Klaus Klaus the Zimmerman I think added a lot color wise. Bob to, Dylan? To oh, Jesus <laughs> Might have been Bob Zimmerman. I, I forget his first name, but but that that painted look yeah. that, that, that he did to the portfolio pieces or the Punisher mm-hmm. covers. Um it it's yeah, he is he is uh I know Vince today said uh said Capullo is underrated, but at least Capullo is still grossly underrated. He he is, mm-hmm. but I mean at least you can buy Haunt and see Capullo artwork. You can right. buy some spawn trades and see Capullo artwork. I mean, I could, yeah, I could go get the Secret Wars collection and, and see Zek, but n- no one's really saying, no one's looking at solicits going, oh man, this is coming out from Mike Zek. I can't wait to get it. And, and that's, yeah, it's sad. I'd love to see right. that. Well, and that's the other thing. Um, I, I, I was curious when I, when I was thinking of him about what he's been up to, 
Um, and uh, you may know this already. I didn't know this until I, this week, but uh, he's actually spent the bulk of the last few years doing licensing work for DC. He um, He's done the style guides for, for the majority of DC's animated features. So he's done uh, Batman the Animated Series, Superman, Justice League Unlimited, the Legion awesome. of Superheroes, that, that cartoon that, I mean, I never, but uh, the Teen Titans, Crypto, the Super Friends one that came out a year or two ago. So that's what he's basically been doing. He said he's been doing the style guides and the uh, style sheets for the licensing and the cartoons, and it's uh, it's keeping him busy, But uh, which is bill. great. Uh, hopefully he's making some good cheddar. But, uh, yeah. But, uh <laughs> It's just fascinating to think that he's and uh, and on his website he talks about the whole process and and um, it's funny that Vince said the strength of his uh, of his work was that was his line and that you know he didn't have the advent of a lot of these tools and trickery because he spends a huge chunk of his uh, on his site when he's talking about what he's up to now talking about his use of Adobe Illustrator and vectoring and how he does all of the uh, licensing work now and how it's all digital. So Good for uh, him, so he, yeah. So he's yeah. made the transition, but uh, but not yeah, man, not a feared. Raising a gra- glass to Mike Zek, and Definitely. for those that playing at home, um, you know, uh, his for as as little renown as he probably gets these days, and underappreciated as I think we all agree he is, um, his original art is not inexpensive. It is uh, <laughs> it is expensive. Like those GI Joe covers are. They're hard to come by unless. And they should be. Those they are iconic. Yeah, images. I mean, and oh, I think Robert Atkins. I know he said how. Um, how it breaks down for him when um, when yeah. it comes to the GI Joe collectors. I mean, they're not. I don't think they're shy about spending money for for the characters right. or, or the properties right. that. If Burn can get four thousand for a cover, I, I I've seen a Burn go for four thousand. Yeah. Well, they go for a lot more than that. Well, yeah, Zach yeah, should get be, yeah. at, at least that. Some of those covers. I mean, when you have a cover that's so iconic, it's parodied. Over a number of years, like the the Punisher um, covers, we've seen a million different versions of those things. That's yeah. iconic. You you God, you should be rewarded for that. Brandon but Peterson I, homaged uh, the Cap cover you mentioned on a cover of uh, yeah. an Ultimates yeah annual. Yep. Uh, the I, Black Panther versus Cap. I met Mister Zek. Um, oh, you did. Yeah, around the time Ten Nights of the Beast came out. What was that? Okay, 92, yeah. 93. Oh, that's right. Yeah, around there. Yeah, he did those Batman he did covers. He the Batman covers, yeah. And uh, so it's my turn in line, and I give him the covers, and I say, I said, oh, I, these are just so beautiful. Eh, not my best work. And I just looked at him like, dude, are you <laughs> serious? <laughs> you, know, you can be humble, but come on. Right. Those right. covers are fantastic. Yeah, for sure. The way they so, and and the way they use the typography in the, in a new and different way, oh, just stunning covers. Yeah. yeah. To give you an example, too, just checking here, um, you you can right now buy the cover to Cap Three Thirty, uh, which uh, is uh, is is Demolition Man versus Cap <laughs> D Man. Uh, D Man, yeah. Uh, I think it was Demolition Man at the time, but yeah, uh, it's uh, for seven G's. So. Well worth it. Well worth it at twice the yeah. price. Invest in Mr. Zek. Absolutely. So. A, a bona fide piece of comic book history. I love, history. I, yep. I love oh, the way just the to... ankles and the feet taper down when he draws figures. Oh, my. There's nothing about his work that I find that, that I, I love it all. Love it I all. thought you guys would appreciate the spotlight. Uh, and just to follow up on something, um, so my confusion here, and I'm not surprised that David was right on this, uh, Leonardi is credited with Zek as being the creator of the black and white costume, but he actually didn't do any illustration that made it onto the pages of the book itself. Oh, okay. So, there you go. I, I have learned. Thank you for that. Yep, yep. That's nice, cool. there you go. So, what? Man. Oh, boy, Zeki. 
That's not, that's all right. Did you go away? It sounds like uh, Jason. It sounds like he did get cut off. Real yeah, quick. maybe no, he. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. good. I got a little yeah, worried. I know, I, I know Tim Tiki will uh, will like this creator spotlight. He is a huge Mike Zach fan. As is my boy Jay Tomio. He, uh, I think Excellent. Jay, I think Jay actually owns a uh, one of those recreations. I'm just gonna say after after throwing around the prices of of some of his yeah. work, and then you mentioning Jay, I would imagine he'd have to have some. Well, he's art. a huge GI Joe art fan, so that's one. Of, that's like his main thing. So uh, yeah, so I think he, Zach is probably up in his pantheon as well. I assume. Nice. You know, while we're on the subject of the franchise stuff, real really quick, have any of you seen the the new Mortal Kombat short? Yes, I saw it today. I had that, to watch. I didn't it, think I was going to dig it. It wasn't bad. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. couldn't believe it. It's no. gross as hell. It's nasty. Yeah. But I thought it was, I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than fucking movies that actually made it to the theaters. Mm-hmm. And, and my boy seems to be the focal point of the whole thing, and that's Scorpion. You like Scorpion, Oh, huh? I love Scorpion, yeah. I enjoyed playing with Scorpion on, on the game, but he was never... I, I, I'm more of a Sub-Zero fan, but but um, it was it was, it was was pretty cool. And I, I like I, the way they set up the rivalry between uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Yeah. You don't know why, but, but Scorpion uh, belie- believes to have killed Sub-Zero, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, unfortunately he killed his brother and, and not Sub-Zero. So they have Scorpion incarcerated, and they bait him with this... Tournament. And who baits him? Who baits him? Some Black of the Blade. Dynamite and Seven of Nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Black Dynamite's in it. What's his name? I'm sorry. Michael J. White. And and uh, Seven of Nine plays uh, Sonya Blade. Yeah. And uh, she says, you know what? You didn't do the job right. She and does. He, yes. Mm-hmm. And you, she's hot. I've seen it. But she's don't, hot. Don't, yeah. don't, don't think that you're going to see any action. She's, she's, she's wearing a business suit skirt type thing and she sits yeah. down at the interrogation table and, and throws it in public though I dug her in that but you, yeah. do see, you do see some action with uh, what's his name Baraka Johnny Cage and, and, and yeah and, and how he came he became Baraka's nasty as all hell I'm and, and, dude and Jason Reptile, reptile dude. has oh, severed severed human heads in his refrigerator and he eats huh? them yeah, he pulls Sweet. his skin off and just eats them like nice but yeah he was, he was born with like this Harley Quinn type skin disease where your eyes are inside out yeah yeah and then they show that friggin baby i've seen that baby a million times and it creeps me out every time i don't need to see that but yeah it was very cool very because seven minutes and well worth your time yeah well well, let's be honest the mortal kombat movie is well both it's 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 crap they're garbage and and i'm a huge fan of exploitation low budget films Mm-hmm. I won't even watch those Mortal Kombat movies. Christopher Lambert. I mean, how do you go off with him as Raiden? It's like, come on, this should have been awesome. Speaking but, of McLeod, now, one more time. How about, how about at the end of the the short, you hear, "Come here, yeah, get over here." <laughs> it's like I was waiting for, I'd make sure you get finish him. Nice, oh, it's beautiful. Man. Oh, that yeah. was great. If if it, it you know, was, Julian Lytle right now is listening to this fist pumping. Oh, oh, you know what? I, I have something else for Julian later. Oh, wait. There's, there's, before I lose track of that, speaking of Julian, yeah. he did tweet today that he got a table at yes. Comic Con. Yes. Which is awesome. But, I wasn't sure because they said it was really overbooked. So this, it's good to know that we have a place to hang our bags and shit. That's oh, yeah. Right. That's all he's good for. Yeah. Wilson. That's right. <laughs> oh, and Vince, did you see it was announced today uh, from Lance Festerman announced who the one and only New York Comic Con guest of honor will be? Did oh, you see what was? That's no, no. Vince is gonna love it. Uh, Ramita Junior. Stand the man, Lee. Oh, oh. Jesus! 
I got to call, gotta call my yes. uncle Guido, see if he can do something for me at short notice. The Generalissimo will be in full effect. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Vince is going to not be able to make it to New York Comic Con. Oh, you kidding me? I'll be there. You, If you guys are there, I'm there. I'm not going to leave you. No, I got to be with my boys. There is a uh, there is a thread in the monkey room about the the Mortal Kombat short, so you can watch the video there. And um, did we give the Earl to the website? It, it is forum. dot podcast. dot com or eleven o'clock comics. dot com one one o clock comics. The um, nice the the whole the whole idea behind the short was that the director and the people who were in the short, especially Jerry Ryan, because I think um, Gobo found this tweet but she's a friend of the director and i guess the director is trying to or film this to shop it to warner brothers to i guess revive the franchise or make it into a feature so this this isn't a trailer for a game or 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 a movie that is coming out it's just it's it's something that it's it's hopeful so movies, I'm, movies. I'm hoping for it <laughs> it's not like you said gumming out coming out <laughs> gumming yeah. i love whiskey <laughs> Uh-huh. All right. Well, hey, Next. let's do this. What the hell do you have on your stack thing? You want to? Uh, okay. Can we? Um, uh, you do that. I'll pull five books, five or six books. Five here. or six can, books. Yeah. Can you give me, uh, like, just give me 60 seconds That's here? I said. Go. You go yes. do it. I'll, oh, I'll just wait, talk. Cool. I'll be right back. Tick tock. Tick tock. Let's see. Top of this stack. No preparation at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. It looks like I have Joe the Barbarian number four and number five here. And, and I have to say, obviously, that if comic shops do not have resident minstrels solely for the purpose of singing the praises of Sean Murphy, there's something wrong. Yeah. This guy should be serenaded wherever he goes. The cover alone of Joe the Barbarian number five is exquisite. It's, it, it's a, it's the one where, um, uh, Joe is in the water up to his yes. elbows. Yeah, it's all and, white mostly. Yes, and the chains yeah. are coming down. <laughs> the focal point of this cover, the perspective, look, look where the chains lead your eye. It's right to Joe. Yeah. It's an amazing cover, but th- I mean, that's and not it's all. the reflection. And yeah, in the water is, is the reflection of the person holding the chain. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. It's a fantastic cover, but I mean, that's the least of this issue. Every issue of Joel the Barbarian to date has amped up the graphic quality of the one before it. And and that's no small feat because one was fantastic. Two was even better. Issue five, there's a sequence in here where um, the uh, Manta Ray riders, the, the, the Death Knights, are chasing Joe on board this makeshift airplane, and there's a collision in midair. The whole team on this issue is kicking. Sean Murphy and Dave Stewart and Todd Klein, it's like they're having sex because they're working in complete unison. Do you have it in front of you? I have. I have issues two through five in front of me, yes. Look at the, the splash where the, the Death Knight gets the, the blade through the, the head and the big crunch as the, the manta hits the airplane. Which issue is that? Number five. That's a spectacular page. All around, the, just the color that, oh. that that Dave Stewart drops on there, the green text Back against the bitches. against the purplish background, and you have a little hint of of reddish orange in there. Yeah. Unbelievable! 
unbelievable. And the, the, the way that they use the dot screens in this, where uh, the panel right above where the Death Knight gets the blade through the face, look at the orange in there, and that sings with the purple and the, and the, and the blue. It's fantastic. I, I, I cannot praise this issue enough. And then as you keep going, I mean, it just amps up the, the um, Joe. They're looking for Smoot, and I'm assuming you pronounce her name Zizzy. Z-Y-X-Y, that would be Zizzy, right? I think so. Yeah. And, 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 uh, they're talking about the Hall of Heroes and just the, just the atmosphere, those gloomy pages and they see all the, the statues around it. This is a fant, I really hope that DC ponies up and does this as a hardcover. Breaks with the Vertigo tradition. Oversized hardcover. Yeah. And does a nice hardcover for this because just the design of, um, the rat, uh, Andy, right? Just the design alone of that character is brilliant. The way he streamlined the, the head and extended it and put the the armor he looks above like it. He looks like Sanders Beast from Sword. You, but you get a little cartoony and a little realistic. It's, it's yeah. kind of off-putting in the, the anthropomorphic uh, going on here. Oh, it's spectacular. Yeah, I, I was I very... Yeah. We all know Off-Road was great. It, yeah. it was really good, but this is like 10 notches above off-road. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Joe the Barbarian's off the hook. And and when that uh, that Guardian thing cracks through the wall, that double page, oh, look at the motion in that. You can't get that with photo reference. Mm-hmm. That's all from the mind, baby. Right out of the hand and onto the so page. So now is this off of a pile, or is this just a segment? No, this, this was the top, no, this was the top one on the pile. Oh, I had wow. Joe the Barbarian 4, which is a fantastic cover, kinetic as hell, and 5 were the, the two books that were on top of that. So So that's my start. So now you guys go. And I have, and I, I had these handy because there is a box next to my desk with, um, yeah, there is. Yeah. With, with mostly items that I haven't read yet, but there are a couple of things on top that I have, such mm-hmm. as from Marvel Knights, Spider-Man Fever numbers one and two. And this is by story and art, Brendan McCarthy and digital colors, uh, by Steve Cook and letters. By Brendan McCarthy. This is it's it says Spider Man, but it's also Spider Strange story. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's a <laughs> Spider doctor. Strange. It's a doctor. Well, it is definitely strange as far as who at the window. It's Spider Strange. It's uh, it's a Doctor Strange story. Um, it's it is so. Uh, Technicolor is one way to describe it. It is it is out there. It's it's a fever dream. And like they should give you a black light with every copy. It is. It's it's gorgeous it's colorful i love the way he draws dr strange especially with the little uh, pencil thin porno mustache it is um it the second issue i read today and there's a uh, there's a character in here that vince might enjoy um rocket it, racer it, no big wheel <laughs> she's miss nin nin girl and Nin-girl. it's, it's N I N G I R R I L. Ah. Girl. And, um, she's, uh, she, she's got these Gadachi shoes on that look like giant chicken, furry chicken feet. And that, oh, it, nice. It, it's just, it is so far out there. It's, it's unlike anything you've read. Any, and Dr. Strange, you've never seen him visit a world like this. There are large insects that talk to you. There are dogs like, um, there's there's one dog who is uh, fetch doggy fetch and his pal is Pugly, 
who who looks like a pug, and Fetch Doggy Fetch looks looks like something you'd find from Freak Brothers or an R. Crumb comic. It, it just it is beyond. And then and then you see Doctor Strange, who who looks like he would in like a normal mainstream Marvel six one six comic. Yeah. And it did coesce. It's did, did coesce. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. When was the last time? I saw Brendan McCarthy. Was it Shade the Changing Man covers? Has it been that long? Wow, has it? What has he done? I, I, he's been off my radar for, I, I, I regretfully admit, that, that I haven't been paying attention, really. I love the guy's work, but the last time I saw him on a regular basis was Shade the Changing Man. Those are phenomenal covers. That's awesome. Yeah. He, judging by Sorry. the work here, it's, um, it's, it's a, uh, I could see him drawing those covers i mean he seemed to be a good fit for for shade as far as this story is concerned it's um since it is a three issue mini it it would have been something that i would have only that i would have waited for the collection for but since it's only three issues and um and it's something that i'd like to see more of i mean it it it's something that probably could have been part of strange tales but i was just gonna say that you nasty man it's it's a it's a real full-on story. It's not like an eight-page vignette. So I mean, there's there's a lot to it. His 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 Spider-Man is awesome because it's that old Ditko Ramita Senior style Spider-Man yeah. before McFarlane got his hands on the character, and it's vultures in it, and it's just it really it it is so pretty. I mean, it. It's, I can't wait for the hardcover. I I, oh, I I I passed on the singles just because I want to own that in a big old nice hardcover. It's it's something that I don't think I if I saw it in a hardcover I don't know if I would have ran to it but to read something like this in this form I'm I'm all over it it is it is I I don't want to say it's wacky because it's not goofy it's just it's out there and it's it's crazy and it's all the characters in it are so fitting for this story I mean it's it's Spider Man but it's it's a dream. It's all, and you know, he has a fever. He was, he was, uh, he was zapped with insecticide. <laughs> Hence the name. It's, it really be, I mean, he, um, he broke into some, well, he was fighting the vulture and, um, and after webbing the vulture up to keep Sorry. him in place, he, um, he called, he called the cops who, um, says, it's okay, buddy, chill. I called the cops. He says, you called the cops on my phone. He says, NYPD will sort out the insurance. It'll be cool. We nabbed a bad guy. You'll be a hero. He goes, you invited the cops over to my place. No, Spidey, that is not cool. And it, it, I don't know if Homeboy's a, a, a gangbanger or a drug dealer or something, but he is not happy that the cops are coming over to his place to, to nab the vulture. And vulture grabs some pesticide and, and zaps Spidey with it. And that causes this whole event to happen and and uh spidey ends up in greenwich to uh to greenwich avenue to, to stops by strangest place and lands in the bathtub and greenwich that's where he pretty much uh greenwich village is where yeah, you said greenwich, you said greenwich avenue did i <laughs> yes. see there you go i'm all over the place now <laughs> close um, to greenwich village it, yeah it's over <laughs> there i'm sure the street lines up to it um but it's 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 a crazy story. It's a great story. That nothing. I don't know 
what the hell's going to happen from 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 one page to the next, let alone the next issue? I mean, that's a good thing. Go, and it is it's it's crazy. I love it. I, I think it's Ma- fantastic. Everybody a lot of people um, cast off the miniseries format or ignore them just because for the sake of what they are miniseries. Right. But I've noticed, especially lately, like with uh, Spider Man and the X Men and this Spider Man Fever, they're willing to take much more risks. With the miniseries in terms mm-hmm. of uh, presentation and 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 thematic sure. content than they are with the regular series, you can you can get all wacky in a miniseries and it'll it'll fly. But if yeah. you if you brought this to the regular Spider-Man title, you may have a little bit of uh, rumblings within the community because oh man, this doesn't look like my Spider-Man. Yeah, Come on, you know. So yeah, miniseries are cool um, when used in in. Uh, different ways if you just do the stand like jackpot not not to disparage against the creative team of jackpot but i see nothing in jackpot the miniseries that would make me want to buy that it it just seems like the same old same old like let's just have a miniseries just for the sake of getting more paper out there but but the spider-man fever and the the spider-man the x-men did you know there's going to be a spider-man fantastic Fantastic four Four. Yeah. yeah See that's cool. Keep doing that and i'll be i'll be there at least in in collected spider-man and the secret wars yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I and that's and that's all ages. Unlike the well, I don't know fever. I I don't know if I'd give this to an eight or twelve year old. I mean, it, there's nothing really. It does say parental advisory on uh, as far as Marvel's self ratings go, but yeah, it's Spider Man though. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, and it's 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 crazy. I don't know if anybody's going to read this and get scary dreams, but it's um, <laughs> you know it's you're not going to see too much punching going on yeah that, that's the tagline for this one man it, I, I saw the pages with the spiders very psychedelic I, it really I is really liked it yeah it's nuts and i love it i love Terrence it mckenna would be proud nice was what there any <laughs> what were you saying we're no i was just gonna i was gonna quote Terrence mckenna but it's not it's nothing go ahead nobody will get I'll it anyway see. david faust will get it nobody else will get it <laughs> <laughs> top of my stack here that I pulled out is the Activate Primer. Oh, uh, nice. nice. You have that? I was sent it, actually. Yes. a gift. Wood and I were both sent it. Yes. Son of a bitch. That's right. Uh, but I have not read it yet, but um, now that I've picked it up here, I think I might put it in my bag and read it, try and read it tomorrow. Um, so for those that aren't aware, Activate is a webcomics collective um, run and founded by Dean Haspiel. I love uh, Dean Haspiel. Yeah, lots of cool dudes and, and ladies involved. Um Mike Dawson, Roger Langridge, Nick Bertozzi, uh, Molly Krabappel, um, lots of other people too. And this primer is by IDW. It's uh, it's uh, sort of a landscape-shaped book, um, yeah. and it's 16 uh, stories by 16 of the creative teams. Um, just leaving through it, people know that uh, listen to our show, I, I dig the anthology. Uh, this looks phenomenal, and I've definitely decided I definitely am going to put it in uh, for tomorrow. I just opened up to a random page here, and there is a beautiful black white and red story with a completely nude woman with uh uh <laughs> called uh bring me the heart of billy dogma by yep. dino dean has uh, yep. billy dogma yeah, fantastic yeah and and he's it's she is uh wow she's uh <laughs> she's uh she's she's pleasuring herself it's awesome nice. so uh she's got if you if you like that story be sure to like pick up stuff. dean haspiel's brawl uh, i think it was a, right, it was a, it was a three issue miniseries it's great uh next, published by image page, yeah, all right, cool. And then the next page after this, uh, she's taking. Uh, she's after this w- beautiful woman is taking it. Uh, is the ghost pimp and Dave Sanders discover the undisputed fact that all men are whores? 
It's by the Superfly Pimp Cootie Brown. So uh, yeah, it looks right up my alley. So um, so I was uh, just gonna say, did they consult with you fly. when they were putting I'm these together? I'm telling you, maybe together? that's why they sent me a copy. They were like, damn, if he doesn't like it, no one will. But uh, Jason's so, down yeah. with the pimps. Yeah, so it's twenty four ninety nine from IDW, and uh, but and if it's you hardcover, like, right? It is hardcover. Hardcover it was a forward but, uh, by Warren Ellis. That's true, correct. But if you're oh, if great. you're so inclined, you can just go to activate.com and uh, check out a lot of these works for free on their collective. So nice. Hey guys, it's Pat Loika from the boards and everywhere else. Just wanted to say you guys really need to bring Julian Lyle in more in this show because he is fucking brilliant. Uh, you guys keep up the good work, and of course I'll keep listening. And I promise I'll be back on the board soon enough. Once I finish this book I'm working on. You guys take care. Well, next up for me, and remember, we are at the mercy of randomness here, so I didn't pick it. No, it's Jesus. uh Pilot Rampage Season No, Pilot Season Stealth by <laughs> Robert Robert Kirkman, Mark Silvestri. <laughs> it was it was penciled by Sheldon Mitchell, inks by Joe Weems and Rick Basaldua. Colors by Arif Piritano of IFS. Letters by Troy Petiri. And I did read this. Uh, so, uh, in relation to the other pilot season books, this of this year, this was by far the best of the batch. Which, again, isn't saying all that much. It's sort of like it, saying the prettiest house in Detroit. Yeah, oh, but, uh, you know, uh, we get a great Sorry, Sylvester Derek, cover. And anytime we get more Sylvester art, that's a cause for celebration. But this story was actually pretty cool. Kirkman cooked up a nice little twist. Uh, it's about a dude named Todd, recently divorced, uh, has, a, I think, a teenage daughter. And uh, he's he lives with his father. And the father has been stricken with Alzheimer's. He's very forgetful. Uh, he calls Todd... Sometimes, uh, Eric, uh, his, his, his dead brother. So the, the old dude's pretty con confused. And, uh, the issue is intercut with sequences of this costumed crime fighter with this ultra high tech suit that allows him to fly. It's really neat. Kind of like Archangel a little bit, the way that the wings are in, uh, are segmented and, f uh, spread out from the, the back. It, it's very cool. Very nicely done. Uh, superhero sequences, but the uh, the stealth character seems to be a little extreme. Like he beats the piss out of a bunch of kids uh, laying down some graffiti, tagging a wall. Uh, no one's above the wall, above the law, and he backhands the the kid. And I thought, man, that's 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 a little excessive for vandalism or, or graffiti. Turns out that stealth is Todd's father, the old man. So you have a superhero stricken with Alzheimer's, and uh, he gets into a number of situations because he's just confused. He's, he's he thinks that uh, you know someone's uh, against him, or he's fighting a, an adversary that's not there, and he's causing property damage and uh, risking civilian lives. And and at the end of the issue, the uh, stealth character uh, breaks into the room and starts beating the hell out of this perp, and uh, we pull out, and at the very end of the issue, it's his son. Yeah, we do. He beats the crap out of his own son, and that's where we're left hanging. So uh, whether or not we see more of stealth is up to the readers. I did not think this was all that bad. I, I actually enjoyed it. 
for for what it's worth. I thought it was very well done. The the art's very clean, very Sylvester-ish. It's got that same um, very tight, thick and thin line like Sylvester, and the coloring is is in line with what we've seen in in Sylvester's uh, darkness and stuff. Not bad at all. Well worth the price. Far better than the other pilot season books that have come before it. So I, I may actually vote for this when when all things are are done. So we'll see. So yeah, pilot season stealth. Not so bad. Not so bad. Okay. The next set is uh, I haven't read yet, um, but it is. Actually, I mentioned today on the forum that I'm going to read it for next week because of today's Way Back Wednesday. Um, Milestone, Milestone Forever, numbers <laughs> one and two. I'll have them read for next week. It's written by Dwayne McDuffie, or mostly written by Dwayne McDuffie, what DC remembered to put on the page anyway. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dave brought it. Penciled oh, I said by, Dave. I'm so sorry. I still love you. Uh, it's the beer, man. First issue. It's penciled by uh, John Paul Leone and Mark D. Bright, uh, who I haven't nice. seen in ages. Uh, the last time I saw him was was on his um, his newspaper st- comic strip, uh, and the and inked by uh, Romeo Tangal. The second no issue, kidding, yeah, really right pages, yes, nice. They, they seem to go hand in hand. So um, the second issue. Still written by McDuffie, pencils and inks by John Paul Leon, pencils by Dennis Cohen and Chris Cross, inks by Prentice Rollins and Rob Steele. And so basically, judging by the creators involved, it is a um, milestone reunion. It is a, yeah, it is it, it it's a going way back to, to the milestone days. And there's Holocaust and there's Rocket and there's Hardware and Icon and and uh hopefully this will help um is the pain that was the the Justice League of America story? Oh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll read them and see. You know, I mean, anything that's milestone, I'm I'm all over it. So uh, covers really not impressing me too much. Um, there's the kind of low key, are, yeah. And 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 there's this, you know, when it comes to the creators, there's this like graffiti tagging type of of, of font going on and and spray paint for for the numbers one and two and and it's um well that's what black people do right? you know it's just, it's, <laughs> they, it's they, just they do graffiti it's like seriously i mean of all the people in dakota that that, that that's all we got so um i'll i'll uh i'll read it and and and, and they're in they're they're in well prestige format or, or when they when it was first released, all the books afterwards were named Dark Knight format with with the square bound and and the and the nice shiny glossy paper and uh, and and no uh, no staples. So it was uh, they were five ninety nine a piece, not uh, not through DCBS, which is where I got these from. But uh, you know, the back of it says the end is now. Milestone Forever concludes the adventure. Oh, the second issue, the adventures of Hardware and Static, as a mystic named. Dharma makes a decision that will determine the future of both the DC and Milestone universes. Will he save the world or destroy oh, it? Dun, dun, dun. Two issues, you said? Two issues. Wow, not bad. Not bad. Speaking of Dennis Cowan, yes. have, you, have you seen the Captain America Black Panther? I have Panther? not. Captain America oh. Black Panther. Was it Flags of Our Fathers or something like that? Stunning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's something I definitely figured I'd want to have in hardcover, so I've, yeah, I avoided the, the double dip. Yeah. yeah. Since it's a since that that is something that 
did not break my rule on on if it's a mini, I, I wait for the collection. So it, it will be mine. I just have to wait. Stunning, mm-hmm. gorgeous, beautiful. I I was taken aback when I when I opened it up. It's it's old school Dennis Cohen. Nice. Yeah, it's very and the color adds to it. They they, they got really painterly. I, I I'm sorry, I don't know who colored it, but that's my problem. Wood, what you got? Uh, okay. So next thing in the pile is uh, Hulk Scar, Son of Hulk, uh, hardcover. Excellent. Um, it uh, contains Scar one through six, uh, Shadow Tales one shot, or maybe that's not even a one shot. Uh, it's it doesn't it looks like it's part of another book. Savage World of Sakar one shot. Mm-hmm. School for Savages from Hulk Family Green Jeans. Yep. Um, it. Um, uh, it's all uh, written by Greg Pak with a variety of artists. The primary book, the Scar 1 through 6, is uh, Ron Garney and Butch Geis with Paul Mount's colors. Um, Butch Geis and Paul Mount's on the Shadow Tales. Uh, Carlo Pagulian, Tim Truman, Tim Green, and our boy Gabriel Hardman on the Savage World of, of Sakaar, uh, which, uh with uh, a bunch of different anchors and a bunch of different colorists. So I, I'll leave that for what it is. Uh, and then Jeremy Rapak, which I don't think I'd ever seen any of his work before this, and Greg Adams on the School for Savages with colors by Chris Sotomayor. Um, this uh, actually, talk about way back, uh, I talked about the first issue of Scar, Son of Hulk, on the show. Well, it's got to be one of our earliest episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think we've really talked about it since. I mean, we've mentioned Hulk quite a bit, and it's kind of, the, the series eventually kind of brought back into the broader Hulk mythology and has now been re- retitled Incredible Hulk again. Um, but uh, but uh, this is terrific, man. I mean, Garney takes care of his business in this book. Um, you know, those those first issues, they uh, they color right over his inks. And I know for some people that can be problematic, but uh, but it, it, in this case it works, man. It looks really nice. I, I, I yeah. think it, uh, it's very evocative of Conan. You know, it's very much a, uh, in keeping with the... This, to me, was the spiritual successor to... The as Vince would say, Wonder Folk Planet Hulk series, you yeah. know, especially those early issues, which is basically that we find, we come to find out. And I I hope this isn't a spoiler for anyone at this point, at least for anyone that cares. Um, one of the big emotional uh, pathos of the uh, of the Planet Hulk arc is is of course that that uh, the Hulk's uh, son is 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 killed, and uh, as is his love, um, we come to find out that in fact his 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 uh, his child is not killed. Um, that his child, because it's the progeny of, of half Hulk and half of the uh, the you know the old power, um, is so strong that that even as a as a baby it can survive the the effectively lava that it falls into and, and mm-hmm. it, it rises up and is just a total and complete Conan like badass in the savage world and he quickly takes control of the world against the uh, the dictators that are trying to uh, you know fill the void that was left when the Hulk came back to Earth and. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a real fun read, and it's not a book. This particular hardcover is not. So, you do not need to commit to the uh, very broad and ongoing Red Hulk and follow the Hulk saga that we've talked about to to read this. This takes place all before that, and uh, and is really an arc unto itself. So so if if you like if you like Planet Hulk, if you like Conan or Savagery or, or realm fantasy realm type stuff, then then I definitely think this is, is worth a a peek. So. Yeah, give, give it a uh, shot. Especially in terms of the Conan esque yeah, nature absolutely. of the book, the, the first issue especially with the, with mm-hmm. the molten lava, and you get all the yeah. nice pencils, and you see the you can actually see the the tones in in the pencil marks. That yeah, yeah. It works really well. I like that a lot. 
Mm-hmm. But then, then again, after a while, the book takes a very drastic turn. Yeah, nothing to do, yeah. nothing to do with this series, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm uh, saying. This hardcover stands nicely on its own. Uh, and it then does. The book you're right. Goes in other directions from there. So, but but I would definitely give this one a read. Let's see what we have here. Okay, um, this is for Julian. Uh, we got we got Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors, oh, num- interesting. number one and two from Udon Comics, uh, Capcom. Uh, I will admit, I, and actually I read these, that I don't have a working knowledge of the Darkstalkers characters other than the game. Right. So uh, I'm coming in fresh on the mythology of these characters. But this visually, is Portacio's thing, right? No. The story was written by Ken Suchong, pencils by Eric Vetter and Joe Vreens, inks by Crystal Reed, mm-hmm. colors by Espen Grundetjern, and letters by Marshall Dillon, and you got there's a a main story, and then you get a bonus backup story. The the bonus backup story was written by uh, penciled by Joe N G. Is it Ing? Would you pronounce that Ing? Joe Ng? N G. Yeah, Ing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ing. Um, but but isn't Darkstalkers created by? Isn't, isn't that what he was doing all those years? Is working on the Darkstalkers video game and stuff? For testing, isn't that? I I don't know. I'm that struck yeah. me as like more of a Joe Mad project. <laughs> oh, Joe, that's a Joe Madarera. That's it. I'm confusing the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Joe I don't, Mad. I don't know. Not a big fan of either gentleman, so oh, I, I, I couldn't say. Oh, no. 90s X-Men fans wept. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But this is uh, visually their two ultra-stunning books. Uh, there's very there's a very thin line between an animation cell and the kind of panel art in this book. The very painterly, every panel is fully visualized, uh, very realistic backgrounds. And although the the Darkstalkers themselves, the characters are kind of cartoony because you've played the game, you know what they look like. Um, this almost looks like Cinemanga, where they ripped panels oh, straight from an uh, an anime but no this was done in comic form that's the level of craft going on here they are very beautifully rendered full color continuous tone awesome images um i had to hit the ground running like i said i i don't know all that much about the dark stalkers um morgan the 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 uh Demon chick with the bat wings on her head and the pendulous breasts and the the uh, the tights with the bats on them. I guess she has a beef with someone called Dimitri, mm-hmm. and she weasels her way into his realm. Then you get uh, Bishamon, the the oni guy with the the samurai armor and the face on the front, fighting uh, someone that's a, a half human, half vampire. Very neat. Um, other than, than, I mean, I read the two issues and it's mostly battles and it was very well done. I'm going to keep buying it. Uh, so there's punches to the face is what you're saying. Multiple punches to the face. It's it's very kinetic. Um, Felicia, the cat woman is, is on a train with some werewolf guy and they get accosted by, uh, a witch woman and it's just, uh, it, it, it's, it's an excuse to have a fight basically. And that's all it is, but very well done, beautifully visualized. There's a tribe of Bigfoot, which is really cool. There's an actual Bigfoot kingdom, and I guess because of global warming, their uh, the Sasquatch realm is fading from from view. It's it's melting. Is the queen named Wendy Go? 
<laughs> no, it's a it's a dude actually. The 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 king is a dude, and uh, one of the Bigfoot su suggested that they should they should uh, emigrate to um, somewhere else, and the king won't have it. But once the Bigfoot tells him. There's a place I found, and it's filled with these things called bananas, and all the Bigfoot are chowing down on bananas, and like, okay, we're moving. And it's it's just it, it's cute. It's uh, the Bigfoot characters are really neat. I had a, a lot of fun with these. The, the first issue has a, a neat cover with uh, Morgan and Felicity, the Catwoman, and Dimitri. But the second issue is, I guess I got the cover two B for the second one, and it's just Felicity, the the or Felicia, the Catwoman, and man. Mm, beautiful you know be it's it's that that whole anime furry kind of anthropomorphic beautiful stuff that i love and nice. it, they're neat you know i'm gonna stick with it but other than a nice visual treat there's there's i don't want to say there's not a whole lot of content but it's just basically fighting as it okay. should be i mean the the dark stalkers is a, a a fighting game so it's in keeping with the game neat stuff like it a lot y you can always expect visual I, I mean at least eye candy with udon at the very least but yeah. there seems to i i need to i need to brush up on the characters take it away uh i was doing some rearranging and what also ended up in this box of stuff that i haven't read yet green lantern will world by oh. jm demetrius and the late look at, at jm come back up uh, art by Seth Fisher, inks, uh, no, colors by Christopher Chuckery, and letters by one of my three favorite all-time letterers, with the other two being, uh, John Workman and Bob Lapin, Lapon, uh, who did the Justice League and Zod and, um, Understanding Comic Books. This is lettered by Tom Warsachowski, who Vince Oh, nice. Yes. Who wrote some kick-ass issues of Spawn. Yeah. Somebody had to. The Stop uh, it. The, the That's not that's so not nice. <laughs> so goddamn funny. <laughs> I'm you, somebody else what? disparaged Todd's writing at the comic shop today. I was like, Oh my god, that's like unheard dude, of. Come on. I'll give you Torment. <laughs> like, Torment like was no was, was not good. Come on. That, don't don't bring me I won't, Just I, keep won't going. I won't I'll I'll leave it be because I haven't read Spawn since you know I was twelve so it's it's all good. I didn't I didn't I, say great writer I know no I know I know I mean he's no Claremont but it's all right the uh, wow the, because I've lost all credibility because I didn't say that the <laughs> Fallen Sun was a horrible comic book <laughs> no. you pretty much did <laughs> I I said it was no, okay I said I, I didn't say it was great. But uh, Let's not I get guess into that. We're I guess Tom, great, we're having a good vibe now. Why you gotta bring it down? Let's Tom thinks I lost all credibility. Can oh. we keep the good vibe going? He's yes, go ahead. This, this is another book that is I I, I, say, I haven't read it yet, and, and I picked it up. I want to say in, in in one of the trips to Chicago, and it's um I, I have a habit of doing that because I won Quantum and Woody off of eBay a few years ago, and I still haven't made it through that whole set yet. So there's there are times where I'll just let books sit for a while. So, so you may think you you have Regina Pyle, but it, it I don't think it beats mine really. Uh, you got a Regina room? <laughs> I, yeah, kind of, sort of. Me too, dude. I got Regina up the wazoo. So we're all gonna say it a different way in hopes that one of us gets it right. <laughs> I I have a huge Raja pile. Regina, <laughs> it's blue Raja. It's uh. I want to say it's sort of kind of like Fever, but but not really. Only because it's it's out there. There's I have no idea what to be. I don't know it's why way out there. Hal Jordan's 
head is is growing these goiters or or what he's he's swimming through and I believe I, it's the period between Hal's death and him becoming the uh, specter. So he's in this between state. Well, this is this is a hardcover. So inside the yeah. dust jacket says, "Once upon a time, somewhere he doesn't know who he is or how he arrived in the land of Odd. All Hal Jordan knows does know." With any certainty is the difference between right and wrong and that he has something in common with the strange green costumed beings who seem to have been taken captive. So um, this is another book that I will read hopefully very soon and um, and report it, back on it. It, it. it The art is stunning. It's gone too soon. It, yeah, big time. Because right yeah. behind Will World, without jumping ahead, is because um, I, I haven't read this either, but is... is uh, is Zeb Wells and Seth Fisher's Fantastic Four Iron Man big in Japan? So I have some uh-huh. Seth Fisher reading to do, yep. but uh, but Will World will be at the top of that because um, it's Green Lantern. So there you go. It's uh-huh. always been Hal. Always. <laughs> <laughs> this beer's so, kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's got you speaking well, the my, truth. For my last uh, contribution to this feature, and I think Vince is going to get a huge kick out of this. Um, sent by, uh, by my boy uh, Sean Pryor he threw these in um, with that piece of art from Big Jim that I talked about last week that I won he threw these in because he thought I'd get a kick of them it is issues number 221 and 225 of the Marvel UK magazine uh, from June and July of 1989 and it is uh, it is a uh, Transformers and Action Force oh. Oh, nice. Dude, it is really freaking cool. In issue 221, uh, you've got a split cover. Um, You've got uh, two of the Autobots, and I'm sorry, Vince, I can't recognize which Autobots they are right now, so you probably hate me for that, but I can't. It's two Autobots. And then on the other uh, side of the cover is Death's Head. Uh, (laughs) Yes, uh, Death's Head, yes. Most recently seen Sword. Um, which is real cool, um, and the way this works is it's uh, it's the first it's like a, a it's a few page uh, color uh, transformer story, uh, and this in this one it's uh, it's actually Death's Head versus the Transformers. It's uh, uh, Death's Head's battling Galvatron, and he teams up with Erodimus Prime. Uh, it's written by Vince. Who you can guess who it was written by? Simon Furman. Correct. Um, art by Jeff Senior. Letters by Annie Halfakri and colors by Steve White. So, uh, you know, uh, what are you laughing at? You're cute. <laughs> you struggled over that name. Halfakri. Yeah, I was struggled. Uh, then there's a black and white Transformers story, also written by Furman, uh, art by John Stokes. He's uh, the go-to guy for British uh, Transformers. Well, now for American Furman, Transformers, you mean. too. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I figured you because you've talked about him before. And then there's a couple uh, oh, hot mood type profiles of different ones. This one there's a onslaught and outback profiles. Uh, then there's the mighty Marvel checklist, and then you have oh I love it. Then you have the Action Force story, uh, also in color. And for those that don't know, Action Force was the UK version of GI Joe. Uh, this mm-hmm. was in fact written by Larry Hama, with inks by uh, Bob McLeod. How'd you say it, David? McLeod. Uh, pencils by Ron Wagner. <laughs> Joe Rosen, letters. Lloyd, what the hell? This, this story has Tunnel Rat, uh, Lady J battling uh, um, Raptor. You guys remember Raptor? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Cobra Falconer. <laughs> That's awesome. Cobra Falconer. Love it. Um, 
and uh, and there you go. So, and then the the second issue, issue two twenty five, is um, uh, it's, it's uh, let's see here. We've got a real quickly. We've got a color story, uh, also with Death's Head. Um, it's so it's probably a continuation four issues later. It's uh, also written by Simon Furman, art by Dan Reed, letters by Richard Starkings, and colors by Steve White. Uh, then there's some badass 1989 Marvel classifieds where you can do mail order and order things like the real Ghostbusters volume one through ten. Uh, that's pretty dope. Uh, then there's another From black and white comics. It's right, correct. Uh, yep. And then let's see what the Action Force story is about. Hold on a second. Get to here now. Now, are those pulled from the uh, stateside GI Joe stories, or were they totally new creations for the yeah, you UK know, I market? Know because I, huh? They uh, I, Marvel used to farm that stuff out. Yeah, all you know, time. I'm not sure because it is written by Hama. So let's see. Um, you know, did you get a feeling of deja vu after reading it, or because you know you'd know having read all the domestic? GI yeah, it Joe does. Stuff. I mean, oh God, it's been so long now. I mean, it, you know, it must be because even like the the characters are all the same, and it's the U.S. names, and even like the, this story takes place in Newark, New Jersey. So again, I mean, I have to think it's pulled from it, although I don't remember specifically. But uh, yeah. this one actually has the Dreadnoughts versus Hawk. Uh, and it's uh, it's got Zartan's sister. Who uh, let's see how good you are at the GI Joe lore, Vince. Remember his sister, her, his sister's name, pink hair. Punk you chick. got me. Oh, oh, um, oh, shit. Oh, with some goofy uh, pop culture name. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. Zarana. That's not it. That's not what I was thinking. And then Xandar is his brother's name. Xandar and Durana. So, uh, yeah, really, really cool. So, uh, much love to to uh, to Sean Pryor for throwing those in a little way back uh, romp to uh, to a cool time nostalgia. Much love for just being Sean Pryor. It's true, Stanley yeah. Roy. All right, that was awesome. We should do that again one of these days. Yeah, sure. Oh, that was a good cool. good time with that. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey guys, just uh, finished listening to uh, podcast number one ten. Very entertaining, as always. Uh, there's always about five or six books that you guys turn me on to. Uh, last week, it was definitely uh, Body World by Dash Shaw. I will definitely be picking that one up. This week, actually, what caught my attention and made me decide to call is the inclusion at the very end of the show of the out, out, uh, Outward Music by uh, Obscura. That was a very nice treat. So anyway... Uh, you guys always talk about, um, you know, the, the beers and, and drinks that you're drinking before the show and, and comics and, you know, sometimes even TV shows such as Lost on this last episode. Um, you guys ever consider throwing some some music references in there? Uh, could be could be interesting. Anyway, thanks uh, for the awesome shows. Um, I'll be tuning in every week. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I read a bunch of graphic novels. For like about the 90 episodes. Yeah, did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, my DCBS box was chock full of graphic novel goodness. Box and good. obviously, I, I, I won't be able to talk about all of them, but we were all giddy when Top Shelf announced the uh, Swedish invasion. Yes. And, uh, and I, uh, I, I, I remember yeah. that's red. Well, maybe you weren't, but a lot of us were. Yeah. Well, no, I was giddy for you. Seemed really giddy, and I was intrigued. Yeah. I was like, I didn't. I, I, to be honest, after reading the solicits, I knew no more about 
whether or not I would enjoy the stuff than I did before the solicits because I just you know it was but I so I figured I'd wait till you savored them all and then told me which ones were worth checking out so okay that was my well chance. I, I got two out of the three from the initial wave mm-hmm. uh, I didn't read the Troll King but I did consume 120 days of Simon by Simon Garden Force or Gearden Force I don't say that know how to pronounce yeah, it has the umlaut over the the first A. So Simon Garden Fours, uh, I guess. It's a graphic odyssey through Sweden. And uh, I'm assuming that the title of the book is a play on 120 Days of Sodom, the uh, the Salo uh, work, because what the book is about is uh, Simon is a cartoonist come rapper for a band called uh, Las Palmas. And he set up a website that he planned to take 120 days and just wander through Sweden. And anyone who would want to, to, uh, to keep him, uh, give him shelter or lodging for a night could do so. And, uh, the rules of the game was he couldn't stay, uh, more than two nights in the same place. Uh, and he was unable to return to his home. So it's just the cartoonist wandering across Sweden for 120 days. And the, uh, and his escapades. He stayed in a total of 53 different areas of Sweden. And, uh, what the book chronicles is his, let's just call them sexual escapades through Sweden. So Simon has a, an on again, off again relationship with this, uh, Swedish woman cartoonist named Jana, J-O-N-N-A, Jonah, Jana. Like up and, in the jungle? No, and um, they seem to be really tight and enjoy their time together when they are together, but um, never uh, entered into a, quote, relationship. Like, the, I guess they would sleep together once in a while and, and then part ways. But he seems to have a, a genuine affection for her and, and, and she for him. So, but he doesn't want to be, doesn't want any kind of commitments or entanglements on his 120 days because then the book would stink. So uh, he he goes on his little um trip and he uh kind of turns her away and ends up regretting it halfway through. Um it says that this book when it was released in Sweden it created a bit of a scandal. Now I'm pretty loose with uh, a person of loose morals so I don't I didn't perceive anything that would um Dude, that's such BS by the way. No, I am. But uh I'm I, he, not. get the fuck out of here. I, I I don't I don't know what the age limit for consensual sexes in Sweden, but he has uh, sexual relations with girls that are, say, 16, 17. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be a crime because... Uh, Do they drink ad- a lot of milk products that are kind of filled out? No, admitting that, you know, I had consensual sex with what we consider a minor, why would he do that if it wasn't legal? So, um, right, right, right. But it's basically him... Traveling the country, going to from from place to place with these benevolent uh, people that agreed to to board him for the night or two nights, uh, taking drugs, getting wasted, having sex, um, taking peyote. One guy uh, grows his own peyote cactuses, You're and they him. and they show you how to cut it, and there's little stars. And Simon's like, "God damn, that's bitter!" But they they end up tripping and having a good time. Uh, he raps. He, he's a rapper, so um, he he has these various dates with his band. He gets the kick, the shit kicked out of him by a number of uh, near duels on the road, and um, has consensual sex with this black girl, 
and uh, later receives threatening phone calls from her brother uh, to which Simon assumes that maybe she was Muslim and he spoiled her or transgressed against their religion but it turns out you know to be not that and it's just the the adventures of this this cartoonist across Sweden and I gotta tell you it, it if I could put myself in his place turn back the hands of time if I was completely unattached I would do this too because I think this is like a once-in-a-lifetime deal. How, uh-huh. how, how many of us are free to the point where we can just take a, 120 days out of our lives and just go and and throw ourselves at the mercy of the country and just see what happens? And it, it, it's it's totally enthralling. I mean, it's it's a big book. It's um, at least 400 pages. It's very thick, but it's it, it fits in the palm of your hand. Textured cover, so it has a. It has a nice presence to it. It feels good in your hand, and it has a a weight to it. But every page is uh, comprised of only two panels, so it, it reads very quickly. But there's a lot of it, and um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I didn't see anything to be uh, why it would cause a scandal, but that's just me. And um, I, it, it's a great book. So you need to check out these Swedish uh, books because if if uh, a graphic novel can cause a, f- a scandal. People are reading graphic novels in Sweden. Can you imagine a graphic novel in America causing a scandal? Who the hell reads the damn things? You know, it seems to be more widespread over there, which is very cool. The art style is simple, unfettered, very whimsical, very childlike. But that's not to say it's it's he's an unlearned cartoonist there's very there's something very deceptively simple the the characters are almost iconic there's a lot of a circular motif in a lot of the characters the main character simon has a an ovalish head so it's very pleasing to the eye uh one section it's really neat uh, a bunch of uh, documentary filmmakers want to film simon and he's kind of nervous because he doesn't want to barge into someone's house uh, who he's never met, so he kind of concocts this plan with somebody he knows to pretend that they don't know him when the film crew comes. And uh, the guy, I guess, took the time between the time Simon called him and he actually arrived to to make this satanic altar in his back room with skull, human skulls, and and uh, you know this pantheon of gods. And the the film crew later calls him to tell him that, yeah, we got some good footage, but we're gonna have to cut that part out with the human skull. So you know, it's kind of cool and uh, just so liberating to 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 be able to just drop it all for 120 days and and just research the world and go have sex for with a bunch of women and eventually. It- he should have titled the book "Fuck It." No, I think it's the it's the wanton debauchery that that they from which they derive the title "120 Days of Sodom," mm-hmm. "120 Days of Simon." You know, it's it's yeah. very bacchanalian and 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 liberating and and just, much like our New York Comic Con experience. It's true, yeah, and it, I, I loved it. But research, if if you're interested in this, research it yeah, a little bit. I, take a I look at the say, art you style. Know, do, you, do you think? Uh, I I, I uh, no. the art style not in up my up my my speed a little bit, but, it, but it's I mean, just it's more it's, it's more condensed than James Kachalka. It it's okay. very streamlined, but I just love it. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally vibed on the characters, especially the main character, that he would 
cast off a relationship with a woman who he's totally into for the sake of generating information and or memorable scenes for his book, which is a kind a little bit Wilson-esque that he would disregard her feelings just for the sake of his book. But you got to admire the guy. I mean, he's all about the art. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it was very good. Check it out. 120 Days of Simon from Top Shelf Books. Good all stuff. Right. Yeah. So I think we got time for one more, and boy, is it a good one. We got time for a million more if we want. Damn! Look you all, all with your uh, Billy Big. What boy. do we got, David? We got a little something. Ooh, it's a big something. Little. Um, I, I talked about it a little bit on Marvel Noise. What's that? It's a. What is that? What is that? Oh, That's a Pat Loika thing, isn't it? It yeah. is. It is. It's a Pat Loika thing that we're all lucky enough to be attached to. Yeah. And Pat uh, Loika has his own. Loikamania. Loikamania. Check it out. Sorry. You should. Um, little, little ditty. Uh, 12 issues known as Avengers Forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get in the Love game. It. Which, which, uh, which was originally published in, uh, in 1998 to 99 to, I guess, yeah. it was run a little late, like 2000. Um, I remember delays. Yeah. The, yeah, because I think it, in the intro or the foreword to this book, um, Busiek, the writer, Kurt Busiek, and plotted also with, with Roger Stern, he, uh, he makes mention that some, some fans were thinking that Avengers Forever wasn't just the title of the book, but as a way for saying it, how long it was going to take to finish. Uh, you know, playing off that, I had a good idea the other day when somebody brought up DC's book, what is it, The Great Ten? Yeah. Yeah. What is is the title of the book an homage to the people who actually buy it? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Oh, Derek is one. Derek Howard's one. That's hateful, isn't it? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. Continue. I'm sorry. Um, your uh, your script is by Kurt Busiek, pencils by Carlos Pacheco, inks by Jesus Marino. Um, Colors are Steve Olaf and uh, AliOptics.com. Letters Richard Starkings and Comic Craft. Uh, you had your cover artists were mostly Pacheco and Marino with colors by Olaf, but uh, George Perez did the inks on the cover of the first issue. He was hoping to do the inks to all 12, but uh, time did not permit that. But he's George Perez. Uh, he... Uh, yeah, it, apparently this was supposed to be something else initially. Uh, they, um, they, there was, there was an outline that took place. It was, I, I think it was going to be a Captain America type story initially, but somebody over in the X office had the Mutant X book coming out and, um, and I was going to have Havoc getting thrown into an alternate universe and and where things run differently and and uh it was too close to what Kurt and, and Carlos were were planning on doing so they uh, and it would have eventually I guess the way Marvel plans things is led to something else so, okay so it happened in the X universe and now in the Avengers portion of of the Marvel universe and it would eventually have become something bigger and and this other event and yeah Kurt didn't want anything to do with that, really. So they uh, can you blame him? They they changed gears and keeping it different than what he was doing because he was also writing the main Avengers book, the only at that time. Imagine that it was only one Avengers book back then. Uh, the one Avengers book he was he was working on with uh, 
with Perez and, and Alve and um and so he had to come up with a different type of idea for uh for him to work on with with Carlos and it wasn't anything that I expected. I thanks to Wood I, I picked this up at uh Cedos Edos and it was um Yeah. I, I didn't know I when I when I heard about Avengers Forever and 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 history and all this, I was expecting like this huge Avengers team, and I um, I didn't really get that. The main focus, as far as the Avengers go, are these seven characters: a couple from the future, a couple from the present day, and and the present day was the not quite a year old Avengers return, heroes return. Right, it's a day Avengers, and it was a uh, Giant Man. Or though sometimes in this book he's also he's one issue he'll be called Giant Man, and next issue he'll be called Goliath. But um, Giant Man and and Wasp and and Rick Jones for present day, and and in the past you had Clint Barton with a quiver and and a bow and arrow, wearing his ridiculous Goliath outfit with just that thing that covered his shoulders that. Was, Fucking sense, and uh, oh, that's ridiculous. But Simon's, but Simon's safari jacket is <laughs> wicked cool, dude. Come on. So you had Hawkeye, you had uh, Captain America you. finding out who was number one behind the Secret Empire, and uh, and Yellow Jacket like moments before yeah. he was marrying the Wasp, and uh, and a little bit of an ass hat. Yellow jacket. A little bit. Yeah. And that's the thing. I was oh, like, well, wow, that's, that's, there's, yeah. there's, there's to two Hanks in this book. How will I ever be able to contain my excitement? But it uh, <laughs> it it worked out. It, it, like I said, it, it there were a lot of Avengers, but later on. And, and this was so not an Avengers story. It's called Avengers Forever, but this is all Kang all the way. This is yeah. a Kang story. Yeah. And it made Kang, like, I guess relevant it may be like be like oh cool it's kang now i'll say holy shit thor just beat the crap out of kang in the first issue of the recent avengers whereas if i was reading this when it was coming out i'd be like oh goody it's kang and, <laughs> and also notable for the introduction of what character of Janice. Janice of vell yes. Marvel. and not just that but also uh the the introduction or i should say reintroduction at least in the modern vernacular of uh, a, a set of characters that we are per- quite fond of, which is the uh, Atlas team. Yes. yes, the Avengers of the 1950s. And right. and it's so cool how um, you can have somebody like Herb Busiek write things so that he nothing in here, I felt, insulted my intelligence. Like, like sometimes uh, things will be a little forced when you read some writer try to fit things in between panels or between issues and be like, no, no, this is what happened. We're retconning this, and, and, and if you look right right here, this is the way... Like, like Mike Harry, I think he did a wonderful job with X-Men Legacy when they renamed it after after um, Messiah Complex. And he, he kind of showed you that Cyclops isn't the only dick in the X-Men universe, and, and Professor X had his time with that title for a while. And um, it things fit but things also kind of felt a little, maybe a little forced as far as what he was doing with Professor X. But here, Busiek's really playing with a lot of things going on. And and it all, as far as what's between these covers, it all really fit. And it all, to me, it all made a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a but, very far-reaching story, too. It's very wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hazard to guess how hard Busiek 
worked on this series because I mean it encompasses a lot of Avengers history. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. And, well, and even beyond that, totally, totally. The 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 thing, the first thing that struck me as I reread this because I did read this when it came out, um, but I did pick up the hardcover as well that David is referring to, and it's a great hardcover. It's it's it for Marvel fans that this is something I would definitely say is worth picking up. But um, but the first thing that struck me as I was reading it again is when you talk about a sense of history is. Um, you know, Busick and Pacheco at this time, and it's, it even speaks to it in the forward, were the top dogs. I mean, they were the Marvel, you know, Busick was right up there with anyone else at Marvel in terms of the writers. And Pacheco was coming off of a very successful run and had the pick of his next job. It was sort of like the Top Gun thing, like, what do you want to do next? And he wanted to do the Avengers. Um, was that, just um, struck- what was he doing at the time? Was it Fantastic, Fantastic Four? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and then, but the thing is, 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 is you know, this was what nineteen ninety eight till ninety nine, so that was only eleven years ago, basically. And yeah. while both are very prominent and successful, continue to be having success, neither are on the short list of the top guys in the field anymore. And not not say they don't deserve to be; their talent's still there. But you know, they're not; they don't have that place at the quote unquote big boy table now. To quote Bendit, you know that annoying thing he always says. But uh, but but that was only a decade ago, right? Like it just shows you, though, it is like this business is fleeting like in terms of yeah. of, of it's sort of when you're when you're at the pinnacle you got to milk it and, and to these guys credit no matter what else they did and certainly they both have had you know other successes to me you know i think 20 30 years from now unless i'm senile this will be the thing i think uh, most fondly for for both of them and and, and i understand well. Master city book looks <laughs> so fucking good it, 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 I mean, and and oversized yeah. i mean all right now Aside from uh, now, I know if if I want to say, like Wood just said, if if you're a Marvel fan, if, if if you enjoy the comics, then then this is something that should really be on your shelf. I you if you're not really familiar with the Avengers, a lot of this might just be like, well, I don't, I really don't see the, the significance of that, and I don't know who this Avenger right, is right, right. on on this page spread. But um, if if you've been reading. Especially the Avengers books for a while, and I mean, I, I I have pretty much a complete run of of the Stern, Bushima, Palmer. I was an Avengers fan when Doctor Drood was on the team, so I mean that that yeah, here, brother. Just, yeah you know, I mean, so I was there with Gilgamesh, bitches. It, it hurts a little bit sometimes to say you were an Avengers fan, but nah, fuck it was, um, dude, I was an Avengers fan when Mantis was on the team. <laughs> there you go, right? Well, that's one of the characters in this is from. Oh, that sure. Yeah, I mean, and they and they refer to her wedding, and they refer to the Swordsman. division a lot. I mean, and Pacheco, he. He'll change his style up a little bit depending on whatever story Kang or Mortis is telling, and you'll see some Kirby, you'll see some Burn, you'll see a lot of Bushima, and there are there are panels where I just kind of had to do a double take or or were holy shit moments like seeing Lex Luthor on top, riding piggyback on Doctor Doom, uh, not Doctor Octopus from the Superman Spider Man crossover from mm-hmm. one of. The two Superman Spider. You have Rick, future Rick Jones, future armless Rick Jones, Super with fan. with uh, with a utility belt that looks vaguely familiar, and a red cape that's been fitted to a poncho, yeah. mm-hmm. which belongs to another hero, and and Falcon's boots for some reason, and and it's they're just it's like a what if Avengers too. It's it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. they're. they're, they're you can tell. And it just takes you on a journey. I mean, there's 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 a, yeah. an arc with Kill Raven and 
Thundra and the Crimson Dynamo yeah. and Black Panther is an older man. Yeah. I've read criticisms about this story that it's meandering. It, it just goes off on tangents. But I think Maybe that's they the... read it in single issues. I no, I think that's the beauty of the story. Because, yeah. because time, anything is possible in time. And you just go off on these wild tangents. And that makes it all the more enjoyable to me because... Like I said, Avengers Forever. It spans a bunch of timelines and a bunch of characters, and it, it, he manages to bring it all home at the end. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. To, to, since since this is a David A. Price uh, discussion, I figure I, I have to pay homage to David and and do my uh, my obligatory um, nitpick that uh, awesome. uh, which is just to say that um, my own. I I really do think this is unbelievably gorgeous work. I love this. This is one of I, Pacheco in this book is. I, I would love to own pages from this. It's just phenomenal. It's the way I think superhero comics should look. Um, but that being said, the obligatory nitpick is that when he does draw the what we now refer to as the uh, Agents of Atlas, but was then referred to as the 50s Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, gorilla Man, uh, Pacheco really needed some references to what a gorilla looks like because uh, first he draws <laughs> like him like beast. Bigfoot, and then he draws him <laughs> yeah. like... Then he draws him like a like a like a chimpanzee, very skinny, you know, with very human like features. I mean, at almost no point does he come close to resembling a gorilla. So um, he was in flux. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> well, and Mortis like, was hanging uh, out. Uh, Gabe Gabe Hardman understands what a what a gorilla looks like a lot better than Pacheco did. But but that's the only nitpick in what's otherwise an absolutely ridiculously stunning book. Uh, it's, I I love this Pacheco. I, Nothing else he does will will ever matter to me because I know he did these twelve issues. I, I love his stuff. Oh, I, his see, I don't. Ice Fantastic Four is great. I hear. Oh, no, I, I'm I haven't read this, that. Yet. What I'm just saying yeah. is that I love the way Pacheco drew this book. Like I, I, I just adore the way he he drew this series. Yeah, there was a lot of consistency. I mean, it's not like he. It didn't. At no point really did I think that. Okay, either he's getting tired or, or. Jesus is is filling in a little bit more that, than usual. There's there's a lot of um, there might be things that that I can nitpick about like word balloon placement or or, or the way some captions are colored, like the issue I think nine, where um, mm-hmm. where Kang is is um, telling his origin, and there mm-hmm. are these narrating tapes going on behind him. The way that the, the, the caption boxes are colored, it's like, okay, well, this is what the color is supposed to be when Kang's talking or Kang's thinking, but then this is the origin story caption box, and the colors don't don't quite. So you might get, if you're going by color, you might get a little confused because something doesn't really that didn't flow right. But if you know, aside from coloring issues where, where, that I found, it like Wood said, it's it's an absolutely gorgeous book that yeah. the. The hardcover has uh, has annotations by Busiek, who who breaks down every issue and and where necessary different pages on all Extensive the issues. Extensive breakdowns, yeah. I, where he talks about the the Wild West heroes and and even though you never mm-hmm. saw them, I mean you may have the Avengers issues where Kang, the two parter where Kang did go back to the old West, the nineteenth century, to take over the world. Um, and and you have either Two Gun Kid or the Rawhide Kid talk about Nancy and Boom Boom. We never see them in the book, but Busey's going to make sure that you know who Nancy and Boom Boom are just because you right. read it in one panel in an issue like five or six. Mm-hmm. 
and and there you have the different covers. A couple issues had variant covers. Issue number four had a Time Sphinx variant by by Jeff Smith. I know, isn't that crazy? That is. I crazy. don't remember Jeff that at the Smith's time. Drawing Hulk. Um, and Whiteley did one as well and, for number and four. Whiteley did number four where he did the 1950s Avengers, and and yeah. and um, I guess Venus's voice would really have to work because looking at her, she really. Would. I know she looks yeah, like uh, oh. she looks like one of the dwarfs from that uh, <laughs> that TLC uh, show. You are incorrigible. It's, it's, I, I love it. I love it. I've, I've, you didn't talk about the the very best variant cover of the bunch. The, the, the Bushima Palmer cover? Oh my god, I would kill someone for that. And everybody's just, and it's like, and it's funny the way, I hope Chris has it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh damn. Oh, Lordy. Well, as we're speaking, the Chicago Blackhawks just won the Stanley Cup, so so uh, it was worth it. It was all worth yeah. it. You know, I, I love uh, Pacheco's Marvel work. Adore it. But I, I think the, the one sequence he did that burned itself into my brain, I'll never forget it, was the uh, Superman Power Girl sequence from oh, JSA. From J- oh, no, yeah. from Virtue and Vice. Oh, when yeah. When... Uh, oh. when um, Power Girl takes her finger and puts it on Clark's lips, and she's all coming on to him. And you know, the sexual tension in that sequence is unbearable. You know he just wanted to grab her, fly away with her, and go plow the back 40. Because he could. You know, he's probably one of the only people that can get away with that. But, yeah, Pacheco, he needs to do more stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. I, um, I know he's been doing... He's been signed... He's been exclusive to Marvel since, since I think right before Camelot Falls ended the, the, that was action, right? Or was it Superman? That was, was action. Okay. So, so Busick was writing action at the time and, and Carlos and, and Jesus were on the book with him and, and how uh, cool to use Aryan Lord of Atlantis. I know. Come I know. on. And it still, and it made, and it made, but that's, that's Busiek though. I mean, like of all yeah. characters that DC has and, um, and so a couple of years ago, a little over a year ago, I think Pacheco was Marvel exclusive. And then they started um, leaking covers for Ultimates or Ultimate Avengers. And the covers never really, I don't know if it's Danny Meeky's inks or, or what, but the covers lately, uh, the, the Steve Rogers Super Soldier cover isn't too bad for the first issue that I, I but I, as far as what I see in this book here that I have in my hand, and the Superman work, I haven't seen the the Pacheco that I'm used to seeing in, right. in recent months. Hmm. That, that, that's me. I mean, everybody's mind is going to vary. That's very true. All right. Well past Word. Yeah. Thank you very much, Discount <laughs> <Yeah>. Comic. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Discount Comic Book Service, for sponsoring this episode. DCBService.com. Excellent, fantastic, enormous discounts on your favorite comics and collectibles delivered right to your door by a costume custodian of the United Parcel Service at the frequency you determine. Thank you. DiscountComicBookService.com. And in your travels, I don't care what the other guys say, read Haunt and, while you're at it, pick up Miller and McNiven's Nemesis. Oh, the sec- the, the, no, the second issue came out today. Miller is the best at his best when he's playing with his own characters. Well, that I agree with. This stuff is re- 
I could see this, and pun very much intended, making a kick-ass movie. <laughs> this nemesis character is a badass. And it's you got to read it. It's very neat. I will. All right. Yeah. Uh, in your travels, um, well, anything that I mentioned tonight, but um, Spider-Man Fever, of course. Got the fever. Um, I would, uh, I would say, since it's right here next to me with everything else, you know <laughs> what? It's only got a couple issues left to go. Joe the Barbarian. We haven't. Uh, yes. Oh, by all means, David's right. He's completely right. He is right. Yeah. And the answer to the yeah. trivia contest from Twitter where I said, I really, it is a bittersweet thing when a long-form work of fiction ends and you realize that you're never going to get any more of it. Well, I was talking about 100 Bullets by mm-hmm. Mr. Brian Azzarello and Mr. Eduardo Rizzo. Yes. Uh, I did finish it this week, and um, at the risk of... Uh, sounding like uh, Vince or Chris and uh, being hyperbolic. Uh, I do think this is now right up there, if not the favorite series for me uh, that Vertigo has ever done. Wow. Uh, I I, I think I enjoyed it uh, even more than I've enjoyed Fables and and lots of people know how much I think of Fables. Better than Fables? Dude, no. I loved 100 Bullets so much I can't even begin to give it the credit it deserves. Wow. Uh, it was astoundingly good, uh, and 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 not only was it astoundingly good for a hundred issues, but it ended in an awesome, satisfying way that really tied up all the loose ends, and uh, that ain't easy to do. That's so, crazy talk. Bitter and Rizzo, tables. dude, I I gotta say, I I I am mad. I got mad love for Rizzo. Mm-hmm. I, it's insane yeah, how either. good the dude is. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. So I don't know what he's up to next, but. I hope it's something uh, worthy of his ridiculous talent. Say it with me. Chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. Okay. Google it. Uh, I sleep in a hyperbolic chamber. When I wake up, I just exaggerate, <laughs> I exaggerate about everything. Look yes. at that. <laughs> You're like Stan. I am. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> take that back. I do. I take it back. <laughs> you know, right. like a crazy, deranged old man. And I, I just like to thank DC for giving me a shit-ass... Jonah Hex movie poster with my friggin' copy of Jonah Hex. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Thank you. The hardcover came out today, right? No, last, last week. week. Last week. Oh, it was last week. So I can't be wait to get that. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Mr. Dezuniga. Phil Winslade does the new Jonah Hex. It's Polybag, you know. Nice. Nuts. It's crazy. Thank you very much for being here. <laughs> and yeah. we will, maybe Chris will be back next week. I don't know. Depends on if we get the fruit baskets in time. No rush. Yeah. (laughs) Hillary's at the door. I got to go. All right. Thank you very much for being here with us, except for Chris. And we will be back next week to fill your ears with comic book and love. Say bye-bye. Bye. Spökskrivare, killen du inte kan se Jag skriver texter åt andra och tar betalt för det Missuppfattar mig inte, det är pengarna som räknas Men som Petter spottar med en rim, får mig vilja kräka Sluta skriva för Ken, för en 
vi var för snala Till slut fick hem personliga betala vem är kala Skriver ett tempack mest för att vara snäll Utan mer än fortfarande varit fast med Excel Tyckte ni att blusen att se singel var vass Jag skrev den skiten på fem minuter vid en busshållplats Loopcrop sa att de ville ha något politiskt av mig Men det var skitsamma vad jag skrev För det var mest en imagegrej Jag har haft en massa låtar som legat på trackslistan Men om du kollar på skivan är jag inte ens med på tacklistan Det är många spökskrivare Och för ett pris För komplicerat Han satt alltid slut Men det blev två år för senat Tycker ni att Dogges texter är naiva? Jag var fan bara 14 När jag skrev deras första skiva Vet ni varför fattare rappar så snabbt? Jag hoppar och jobbar för dem Så jag bedövar mig med tjock Fevens texter är skrivna av samma kille Element respekta fick jag fan i mig till det Ni säljer mindre och mindre Man blir orolig Den enda som kan prisa mig är okej Markolio Dina favoritrappare skrivde jag som gör dem fett